Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we season. push that button, we destroy the world. Chances are near zero. Near zero. What do you want from theory alone? Zero would be nice. Here we go. It's How We Seize It, episode 190. This week we're tackling Oppenheimer, a 2023 release from uh, Christopher Nolan, a three-hour-long docudrama? Yeah. I mean... It's three hours to the T. Yeah, I think it's exactly, which was pretty cool. Three hours. Exactly. It's a, it's a uh, biography of, of J Robert Oppenheimer. It's based on the book, American Prometheus. Uh, Yeah. But uh, I I think he takes, but it's, he wrote it himself. Yeah. He he took some liberties and stuff like that. So that's why I don't know if it's just a, if it's a documentary exactly. That's why I say it's more like a docudrama. Sure. In fact, I think he said he didn't want it to come across as a regular biography, but more of like a courtroom drama. Um, Actually, I have the... He did that really well then. He envisioned it not as a biography, but more like a thriller, a heist film, a courtroom drama. (laughs) So... Should have opened it up with that, uh, the, the... uh, was it L.A. Law or the one that's a doom doom? <laughs> now that would have been, yeah, Law and Order. That's it. Yeah, I should have opened it up with that. That just it doesn't even have to be big, but just the very first sound you hear is a doom doom, okay. and then get into it. I'll throw that into the podcast. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> oh, there we go. Nice. Uh, all right, that guy that's going to throw that into the podcast is my main man Steve. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing well. How are you, Noah? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, I, I got to watch this uh, Monday. I, I was I was a little uh, pushed to watch it because we were camping this weekend. So uh, I was really surprised. I went to like a early matinee on a Monday and I was figuring, oh, you know, I'll, I'll have no problems getting seats. I drove down. No, I didn't pre-order it like you normally do because I don't want to pay that extra buck fifty. Um, I got down there and literally there was there wasn't two seats together in the whole theater. It wasn't <laughs> a huge theater, but I was like, oh, shit. So I got it. And it was funny because uh the guys I was sitting with, like there was there was um, two seats to the to my left that were both individuals, and a and a, a group of uh, younger guys to the to my right that were three. And I was I'm looking in this theater and I'm like, holy crap! For a, it was like a one o'clock showing yeah. on a Monday, and it was packed, and not a peep. I don't I maybe saw one person get up go to the bathroom. Uh, it was it For was a three hour I, movie. That's 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 saying a lot. <laughs> I made it through it. You I did. made it through it. I yeah. was like, and and I wasn't even pressed. I was like, this is my bladder was like too in, intrigued with the movie. So I saw it twice, and I remember I got tickets on Friday. I thought I think I could squeeze it in on Saturday night. I talked to Cindy. He's like, can mm-hmm. I do this? And so I I looked online, mm-hmm. and I I was really upset that it wasn't playing in theater twelve at in uh, in, right, in, right. in Roxy. But I found that okay, they got it on the big screen at airport. So I looked it up and I, you know, you pick your seats and it was just singles that were available. It's like, yeah, well, I'm going to see it on my own because uh, that's that's the way it goes right now. Um, so I just grabbed a seat and um, and watched it. And then I watched it again last night. I went out and I, I wanted to nice. see it again just because it was something that that um, it 
it, it, it warranted an, another viewing. Uh, and right. uh, this time I did see it at Roxy in, in one of their, you know, obviously Smaller. not. Yeah. That's what I did too. But um, I got a seat that there were three available and I, you know, and the whole, the whole line row, row next <laughs> to me was full. And I just grabbed the middle seat there. And I, and I, about 10 minutes into the movie, people, uh, two people came in and they, basically sat, sat on either, on either side. side of me and I, I kind of looked at the person I said you want to you want to swap you know so so they could be together but I mean that was it that so they were actually dealing with with just having to get the last last of seats even though they weren't together so did, did they have popcorn yeah they did because yeah. you could have just stayed in the middle and say I'll pass it back and forth but I'm taking my toll you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my pass tax yeah that's right. <laughs> my pass uh, tax. No, that, <laughs> no that's pretty cool I, I was just surprised that you know um you know, this was a big opening weekend for this because it had uh, it was up against the Barbie movie, which is doing incredible in in the theaters and stuff like that. Um, and, yeah, and, you know, and you say up against, but it was more like it was like this magical pairing of of two completely different genres, and it bought it brought it. They kind of supported, well, yes, they kind of supported each other. It sounds like um, you you're right in that it, it's it's you're not going to get the same group going to see both movies and and it's really weird because i you know there was a lot of people that were doing both these movies that you know back to back and stuff like i'm like you guys are fucking crazy first off that's like five hours of movies uh straight and uh barbie just doesn't look interesting to me but you know on when when you look at it from from an outsider and just look at these two movies it's it's easy to think that oppenheimer is something that's going to be you know that men are going to be wanting to see this whereas women are going to want right. to see barbie and so maybe it became kind of a couple's thing it's like hey we'll go see them both as long oh as yeah yeah i could so, see that um well i know i know barbie did better financially over the weekend but i think that's also because you're not taking kids to see oppenheimer you're not you're not taking all your 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 nieces and and uh you know your girls and stuff like that and you're not getting big younger groups of girls and and maybe boys and and going to see barbie right where you're not, you're not getting that for oppenheimer but i have a feeling oppenheimer is going to have longer legs i think it's going to stick around a little longer bit longer legs. that's funny like, i mean it's longer tough to get than... longer legs than barbie <laughs> uh i also have a feeling when when the the award season hits Oppenheimer is going to kill it. I I have a feeling it's going to it's going to be in a lot of different categories, a lot of different actors, uh, story, maybe even up for for best picture, uh, potentially. I don't think Barbie's going to uh, get in any uh, of that. I I wouldn't be surprised it, <laughs> if it got a best picture nod, considering there's, there's ten, ten slots. I I have not seen it, but um, it has been. You know, we don't need to talk. We, I, I know you're not interested in seeing it, and uh, well, but it, it sounds it, like the actually, buzz it's, is it's, that it's it's got more to say than just a. It's not that I'm not interested in seeing it. It's I'm not interested in paying to see it. Okay. I will watch it when it comes out on streaming. I'm not going to pay money to go watch it. It, the 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 trailers didn't do anything to intrigue me. Like, oh my god, I got to see this. And I will go see movies. I went. And, I mean, I went and saw Oppenheimer on Monday, and that night at uh, later on, we went and saw the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. So yeah. I doubled up on the movies. Nice. It's not, a, I'm the, not afraid to pay for movies, but for me, it's the only reason I'm, I'm interested in seeing Barbie is Greta Gerwig. You know, she did uh, lady bird and she was, she's been a, she's been a lead act, actor in, in, in a number of movies as well. I think she's considered part of the mumble group, the mumble, 
mumble pack, mumble pack. Well, I think they had a way of, of delivering their lines that was a little bit more um, mumbly, and mumble. they got known like this this group of trope of actors got known for that's, for this. That's not a good. I don't right. know if that's good I, or bad. No, I know. I think it's gener- <laughs> I think it's generational. But uh, but yeah. uh, what is it? Frances Ha. There, there's a couple movies I remember, I've seen her in that that she just really stands out as as quite a presence, and and then she turned around and directed. Lady Bird, and and then she got. Yeah. I think I think Barbie was originally going to be directed by someone else, but uh, but then she. Well, I've heard I've heard good things about it. I've also heard horrible things about it. It all <laughs> depends on who who you're talking to and what they're into. I have not heard anything sure. bad about Oppenheimer. Um, pretty much everybody I've listened to and everybody I've talked to that's seen it is like, whoa. Uh, I know Christopher Nolan is is known for you know some of his movies. I think we did Tenet was one of the ones that we did of his. Where I wasn't necessarily as big of a fan, I think you, I think you were, um, but I know I'm a huge fan of his Batman movies. Yeah, I, mean, I I agree. I think I was a bigger fan of Tenet. I don't think that was one of his better movies, but I was really fascinated by the by the tech he brings to it. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, he's well. A lot of people were talking about Interstellar, Interstellar, Dunkirk, uh, Inception. You know, Dunkirk was incredible. I I really enjoyed that one too. So I mean, there's. He's done some crazy stuff, and and even with everything the MCU has done, uh, you know his Batman trilogy is is phenomenal. Oh it's, sure, it it is up there with probably the best superhero movies out there. Um, you know it's it, they're phenomenal. I think they're kind of what really set the set the stage for for Marvel to actually come in the MCU to actually begin in a way. So um, yeah, really cool. Uh, one of the things I was really impressed by this is the amount of actors that were in it in all these little small roles and how well they did. I mean, the acting across the board in this was so freaking good. Killian Murphy as Robert J. Oppenheimer was phenomenal. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. as, as Louis Strauss was ridiculous. Like, at first, I didn't even recognize him at first. I right, was kind of right. like, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, no, what, really? And, you know, it's funny. In the beginning, he didn't have it, but later on, a little bit of Stark slipped into him. <laughs> he, he became a little Starky towards the end there, and I don't know if it's because he's he's so much been ingrained in our brains with you know being uh, Stark from and and Iron Man from MCU. But there there were some times it slipped in, and it may not be that it slipped in. It's just he is so much himself in that role. And he's a little bit of himself in this role yeah, both, at times. Both characters have have an elevated ego. That um, oh, for sh- goddamn, yeah. this whole movie is ego. Absolutely, every yeah. one of them. Yeah. Uh, Emily Blunt played Kitty Oppenheimer, and you know, as I watched it, I wasn't impressed with her as a character or or person. But the more I thought, and the more I listened to people talk about what happened with her and what was going on and how she acted, I was like. You know what? I did not give her the credit coming out of that movie that she deserved. And upon reflection on it, I was like, fuck, she was killing it. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but the, the character itself was like, oh, man. I mean, the, the amount of brain you could put into thinking about everything that was going on behind the scenes in this, not only just the the development of the the, the weapon, but just all the other stuff going on with the, the intrigue and the, the interpersonal relationships and stuff like that. It's like, whoa, whoa. I mean... They could have done a series that was 10, 10 episodes long easily. Before we get too far, I'm getting thirsty. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking right. And I've been sitting here sipping on this thing. 
that I want to talk about because holy crap, that's what we do here on How It Sees It. <laughs> we make a drink or a cocktail that we pair with this movie. And I've been sipping on mine. I'm going to go first since I have been sipping on okay. it. Okay. I, I actually did too. And, uh, you know, I. I did what I did. I started searching for different things. And one of the things I, I started doing was just I put Oppenheimer cocktail and I started reading these articles that he was actually a hard smoking, hard drinking, just man. That's what he was. He, he, he smoked like four packs a day. He drank every night. Uh, he drank some crazy shit. Apparently he would take <laughs> alcohol from uh, the labs and mix it with pineapple juice. Uh, I couldn't get my hands on any uh, lab-grade alcohol, so I wasn't going to try that one. Uh, but he did have a signature uh, martini that he would serve, and it was basically four ounces of gin, a splash or a small amount of dry vermouth, and then he would shake it so it's super cold, pour it into a glass that was rimmed with honey and lime. So he would take lime juice and, and honey and kind of make his own little liquid and 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 do the the rim with it and then pour it in there on a chilled glass so it was super cold and that was his thing so i made one of those and then i i immediately could smell it and i was like oh i better try this and i tried it and i was like holy shit that is pure gin um i cannot drink this this that's is a too dry much dry dry martini that's, that's oh the way, the way alan alda in mash likes it right whatever yeah, and I more power to those people. I couldn't do it. So what I did is I took I, I had mixed my lime and honey on a plate. And so I just took that and I poured the rest of that into my drink and stirred it up. And uh, it actually tasted pretty good after that. Um, uh, but yeah, that, he basically drank a martini that was just straight gin with a little bit of vermouth in it to, I don't know, to make it a mixed drink instead of just drinking straight. Uh, and he, you know, he did a special little, uh, rim on the glass to probably, you know, go pinky out on it, but that was, uh, that was his go-to. And so that was an Opp Oppenheimer. And I think I called it the, the, the Oppie, the Oppie, uh, juice. Um, and then, uh, I did find one that I thought was kind of interesting too. And it, and it kind of stayed with the same theme of, of alcohol, but it's called a Trinity and it's equal parts gin, dry vermouth and sweet vermouth. So go. I mixed that one up and I and I poured that over my uh, my rocks glass with ice and, and my How We Sees It rocks glass. And this one is a little bit more doable. Nice, nice. <laughs> Something what, about the sweet vermouth helps it a lot. Wasn't wasn't he in the kitchen with Chevalier, I, I think, when they had that conversa controversial yeah. conversation? And and I think uh, Chevalier He's dipping was, the glass. was dipping the glass. Or was it was it Oppenheimer? No, it, it was Oppenheimer okay, that yeah. was doing it. Doing the, the little honey dip. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So I... I, I went with that just because I thought it was interesting and uh, because it was a legitimate drink and, and you know, I, I had to give it a shot. I knew it was probably going to be too much for me. And I was like, yep, it is. I was I, I was going to give it a go, but I couldn't. So uh, for me to drink this, I basically dropped a bunch more limit, uh, lime juice and honey in it. And now it's actually really good. Nice. Uh, so I'm going to call that my oppie juice. I'm going to I'm going to put it out there original <laughs> and then I'm going to put and and then the, put the fix in, in when I post this. So nice. What are you drinking? Like? All right. Well, I am drinking a cocktail that I found. It's called the, uh, the Chain Reaction, and right. which which is a, a you know it starts with that that theme when you see the little raindrop mm -hmm. chain reaction, and then the very final conversation with with Einstein that is revealed where where uh, where he has the conversation about starting a chain reaction, not just in you know with the splitting of the splitting of the atom, but uh, but actually a chain reaction as far as an arms started race the arms race, yeah. yeah. 
So I, I thought that was a theme that really resonated with me. And I was excited to see a cocktail I'd never heard of with some ingredients that I hadn't, I hadn't used before. It also was very fruit based and there's a lot of fruit references in this, in this, um, <laughs> you, you know, you got the, the oranges, that, you got the apple that he, uh, that he oh, you know, injects right. with cyanide that, uh, that, you know, he wakes up the next morning in a panic that, that, what, what have I done? I was, what does he call himself? Immersion, emotionally immature. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then, and I, I, exactly the the oranges that uh, his friend that he met, um, I can't remember his name, but his fellow Jewish. Uh, yeah, I, I'm horrible with the names because they didn't drop them. I'm and I'm bad with names, anyways. So. They didn't. I think. I mean, I recognize the actor because he was in that uh, series Numbers. It's, fu- it's funny, you know. He he was in a in a he played a scientist in in like a murder uh, a a murder um series um, you know where they they were it was a crime mm-hmm. where they crime maybe it was like like a law and order type thing but he was always brought on because he was good with numbers this is the same actor oh. I, I recognized him from that um and then we had of course matt damon who was also in goodwill hunting he was good with numbers so i it, it's interesting that <laughs> uh anyway but let me go through the um uh, the ingredients on this because it starts with um it's almost all equal parts third three quarter ounce of a plum brandy and then three quarter ounce of amaro angel angelino i couldn't find that but i i it the the amaro was an orange based one i found another one that was um an orange based one called a amaro gorina that i've got that's uh that i picked up at bottle barn um and then uh three quarter ounces of peach liqueur it's a creme creme de peche um, from from France, um, and then three quarter ounces of lime juice, three quarter ounces of simple syrup, and then two ta- dashes of Peychaud's bitters. You know, shake that up, and then you add a little soda water on top, and garnish it with the lemon. Um, it's a really attractive drink, and it's really tasty. It's it's. I almost wanted it to be a little bit m- more unique, but it it it's it's very <laughs> well. It's very accessible. It's it it almost tastes like it's it's they're more basic ingredients, but. Uh, um, but it's very fruity, very refreshing, and the bubbles kind of remind me of, uh, of yeah. the, the the chain reaction. Maybe, maybe oh, that's in, his, it gets in his, his name, yeah, yeah, uh, and it's kind of like this mental thing, um, right? That's right, yeah. Where he had the the, the little starburst going off and stuff like that. Yeah, All sorts that of would... weird weird um, photography they did for those sort of things. I know, I know that no uh, Christopher Nolan was very stubborn about not using any computer generated effects there yeah he, he did talk about that and i was i was kind of i'm like there's i there seems like there's got to be some there is some it's it's okay it's, i mean i i think they said it's almost they, they, he really wanted to have all the all those effects the, okay. done in camera he does them with paint he does them with you know making his own explosions and stuff like that i think in <laughs> most i make case, my own explosions <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it, it's funny because i think the the as as incredible as that trinity explosion scene was when it came to the people i thought that the explosion itself didn't quite i mean i think i think i was looking for like a mushroom cloud and stuff like that it didn't <laughs> it, it was something that it was like oh Okay, that's not quite as the explosion itself. The effect itself was not quite as big. I loved though the the you know it was like a, th- a forty second delay of sound before it reached. Oh them. yeah, when the, the way they played that was incredible. <laughs> it, it was good. I was a little concerned with that in the fact that I thought it was too long for how forty close seconds. They were. Forty seconds. I looked it. Is up. that what they really? Really. Forty seconds is how long it took for the sound to reach. 
So I didn't count during it. <laughs> you know, the second time I, I, I thought, hey, maybe I should count to see because I think it goes on. It might go on about 40 seconds. Yeah. Um, so the actor you were talking about was uh, David uh, Krumholtz. Oh, OK. And, am I right uh, about yeah. am I right about numbers? Yes, he was okay. in numbers. Now, I recognized him from a whole different thing, and it took me a while to figure it out. And I don't know if you knew him from this, but he's in the Santa Claus movie. He was Bernard the Head Elf. <laughs> and so no. uh, that is a movie I watch every Christmas. I know. It I is, you made me is. watch it for the podcast once, too. <laughs> I think I might have. Uh, no, I, uh, did we? Did we do that one, or was that just in our top five? It might have been. I <laughs> It might have been, uh, but that is literally one of my favorite holiday movies, um, and so I recognized him from that. But yeah, um, he just has a look. But yeah, he was one of his better friends essentially in the in the show. Um, but yeah, so there, but there's so many people I don't know. I mean, of all the all the podcasts I listened to, it was funny that uh, everybody was picking up on different guys. Jack Quaid, um, you know, he was the guy that kind of had the bongos every once in a while. Um, a lot of people knew him from Boys and a couple other things like that. That's Jack Quaid. Um, there was one guy in there, and and I don't know if you reckon if, if you recognize him, maybe not, but there was a, a a very tall man. He was always about a foot taller than everybody else. His head kind of always, and he always had a, just a smile on his face, kind of a really happy, jovial looking guy. There was something about him. I was like, oh my god, I know this guy. I can't figure it out. And it, it, it's uh, Gustavus um, Skarsgård. Oh, plays okay. Hans Berg. I knew him as Floki in Vikings, and I and and it was it. I was walking out of there, and I'm like, "Where the fuck did I do?" And I finally figured it out. I was like, "Oh my god!" But yeah, there's just so many of these scientist actors and these people in the background that were they're big actors in their own, or people just recognize them from stuff. And it to me that was part of the amazement of this movie. Sure, the story itself was incredible. The acting was great, but just recognizing all these guys doing this these little bit parts, essentially. I mean, they're, they're part of the bigger, but they don't have a lot of lines, but it was just so I good. Th I think it was, it was, you know, certainly Christopher Nolan can, can bring any actor he wants in because they all want to be mm -hmm. in his movies and stuff. But uh, it was nice from an audience perspective because there were so many characters that there were so many uh, people that you recognize. So it's, it's easier to sort the characters while you're watching the movie. Yeah. Cause I find if I'm, if I'm watching a movie with it, which, which has a, a very large cast like this, and they're all a bunch of people I don't recognize. Like I think when we watched All Quiet on the Western Front, I ran into right. this. I, I didn't know who was who because I, yeah. I couldn't. You didn't I, recognize anyone. I, I couldn't. I couldn't place them. And so, so with here, it it makes it easier to kind of follow the story a little more because you can associate your own memories with with that character. You know. Right. Uh, so, so that was just. I don't think that's something that you, you can. You know, you said. Plan, but what? Matt Day, or, or you know Christopher Nolan can get whoever he wants, and this was a story that I heard about Matt Damon. I heard this one too. Uh, good. Yeah, that he he literally was like, "Look, I'm going to take a break from acting." His wife and him were having issues, and he's like, "Look, I'm going to I'm going to focus on my family." And but he gave his wife an ultimatum that was like, no, "I will not do an this." Ultimatum, a copy. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> a, a compromise or uh, no? I think it's an ultimatum. He's like, "Look, I'll do whatever you want me to," but. Is if Christopher Nolan wants me to be in his film, I'm going to do it. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. So I, I consider that an ultimatum. Or, or I mean, you know, a, 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 a side note in the, into the <laughs> the uh, 
the idea of it. Ultimatum uh, just sounds almost like an order. Like this is how it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, and I, <laughs> oh. I, I mean, perhaps that's how he, you know, how their how their relationship is. But I kind of doubt it. But yeah, I don't know if true, you can tell true. the story if that's how it went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, where was the other? Who was the other in there that I did? Ken Affleck. Him? He's got a yeah, yeah. Really, Josh Hartnett. Hartnet. Um, yeah. You know who really? I Scott Grimes. Oh, Scott Grimes I, was in it. I didn't notice that. I didn't notice Scott Grimes until I was looking through the credits. So, or, and uh, I did so, right away, and I was like, "Oh my god!" He said he was the count. He said he was a counselor. He was a counselor. Yeah, he was in the 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 black and white scenes with uh, Robert Downey Jr. in the end when uh, the um, when he was going before Congress to get um, okay. Okay. He, he was one of his the two guys that he was with. My favorite cameo was was seeing i didn't know i don't think he was dropped in the trailer but seeing gary oldman play harry truman um oh right yeah <laughs> who, who also you know won an oscar for playing churchill you know a few right. years back uh, but but oh my gosh his his little cameo was incredible and so, that scene was really, really so the really line good. at the very end of that scene where where crybaby uh, calls him crybaby get, get yeah cry he says baby out of here or something. make sure that crybaby don't come yeah is legit i know yeah that was literally like that was that's recorded and all i was like holy shit i mean i i get the scene actually was kind of important and, and then kind of comical in the site you know when when he's talking about he's like look they're not gonna remember you for making this the the people of japan aren't gonna like who made this shit they're gonna know who who dropped it and that's on me and and what he was saying is 100 percent true right yeah uh, and so it, it was kind of interesting then that it was kind of this like, it's almost like, hey, you know, we got it. You, you feel bad about this, but, you know, you're not going to go down in history as the man who dropped it on him. So, you know, buck up a little bit. And, and you know, yeah. Oppenheimer yeah. has the right to feel bad. There, I'm not saying he doesn't. I, I don't think Gary Oldman played it like, hey, I'm trying to offer you. No, he he played it like, look here, you wimpy little, little shit. Pansy. Yeah, uh, he even like pull like when he says I got blood on me, he pulls out the little yeah. little handkerchief, the like a white flag, and say here, you know, just kind of surrenders it in front of him, it, like here, wipe. He's up like here, wipe, wipe, wipe that up. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's. But, but yeah, it's it. You, you never know. I mean, we're dealing with historic. Some these are actual characters, and so I think they're they're. You say you haven't heard any criticism, but I think there's some people that aren't sure how if if the portrayal is accurate. Because some people can, you know, consider well, that Oppenheimer, you know, he his whole change, he he was if he was really supporting the Russians, you know, it was it was yes they needed to to develop the atomic bomb until you know, in order to stop the, the, the Japanese and, and Germans, the Germans and stuff. And so they would be supportive of that. But then after the fact, it was more of a conspiracy that, that Oppenheimer would want to hold back on the H-bomb, you know, developing that because um, now the Russians wanted to, to catch up. So he could, that there's, the, that's some of the conspiracy theories is that he played a part. But I, I think they played everything very real. They put everything on the screen. It felt very legit. So I think... I think the movie did a really good job in not playing him as a good or bad guy or, you know, like not not putting out like, hey, this is how you should feel about this guy. It's more like this is the shit that happened. And his his I want to call it a psychosis where he kind of had some mental issues. 
is documented. He there there's plenty of things that I I learned because I actually listened to some like history uh, podcasts that were more about Oppenheimer the person too rather than just the movie. And they were talking about yeah he he actually had some very big issues. The thing with the apple is legit. He actually got kicked out of that school because of it. Yeah. Um, because they, and they said because oh, they did. they looked <laughs> they found out about it. Okay. I didn't yeah, know. and they said and and they were like yeah you know what you put in there if it, if it was enough of a of a an actual poison or whatever, you could be charged with attempted murder and stuff like that. So like that shit was legit. And and he had these things and, and, and it's, it's documented uh, in multiple stories and in multiple accounts and from people, you know, that wrote and knew him directly that this isn't about like, Hey, we want you to think one way or the other. We're going to give you the facts in a in a dramatized version and let you decide what you want to so i don't think this was you know i don't get the the criticisms of 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 them trying to or you're you're trying to paint him in a light this way i was like no you're i'm giving i'm like i'm giving you facts and let you think i uh i i i agree i i think i think there's a lot of people that have compared it maybe to like a Anthony Fauci versus Rand Paul and some of the some of the political things we see going on there. I one of the things that I found surprising considering how long and epic and complex oh. this story is is how easily I followed it. Um which yes. is, usually I get lost in these sort of movies because I I I don't know, but I get I get distracted by something or I I lose the train and what the thing that he did so simply and easily right off the bat was he kind of split it up in two points of view black and white mm-hmm. in color you know one's going to be off that was great point, yeah point of view and and one of them's going to be from um strauss's point of view and and so when they switched back and forth it didn't feel i mean it certainly was jarring sometimes but it wasn't and that was more in the third act right that they kind of jumped into the black and white well i, I think right earlier. off the bat they went back and forth quite a bit but it gave you kind okay. of a sense you know and they jumped back and forth in time and stuff and sometimes oh, you're right they did yeah and, and they jumped to that scene in the in the there was a time when they were jumping to the scene where they were exploring the the h-bomb or i think this was no it was when they met with um with uh strauss and met with oppenheimer when they were in that room discussing that the Russians had, oh, around the like the table with the the flowers in the middle that they kept exactly, <laughs> yeah. So that was a scene that was another time period too, and so yeah. But I never, I never seemed to get lost in 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 those time jumps and stuff like that. So I didn't I, I either, thought, which was I, really nice. I thought that was impressive. I even, I even kind of got a better grasp of of the science. You know, this i this difference between. Uh, Fission theory and fusion, and, and, <laughs> and and when uh, what was it? Teller, I think, talked about the H bomb. You know, his ideas about using yeah. fusion and and bombarding um, a hydrogen atom, and you know, or, you know, squeeze, you know, making it more dense, and actually using fusion ra- rather than than fission. I and I liked that. Um, I liked oh yeah, that. science is fun. Also, do you know, I, I found this really fascinating that, uh, and a lot of the actors commented on this, was that this is the first script they'd ever read that was written in the first, perso- first, first person. Yes. Uh, I think it was Matt Damon, I read a thing that said that uh, when he read it, it was also on red paper, which he thought was interesting, which I thought I was Black like, oh, that kind red of... Paper. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Weird. So, uh, so this is, this is a kind of interesting fact, too. So on December 16th, 2022... 
uh, Robert or J. Robert Oppenheimer's security clearance was posthumous, humorously. Yeah. Okay, that uh, word. Uh, <laughs> reinstated by the U.S. Department of Energy almost okay. 70 years after it was first revoked. Yeah. So that goes to show you there's something, I mean, we, we see, and I mean, it doesn't take a genius to realize that, that he was set up. And granted, we are going from a director's and writer's point of view that said, yes, we're telling you he's set up and we're going to prove it to you and show you all the shit that he got done to him. But I mean, it it is pretty. I mean, if that's literally how it went down, and that was based, and this is based on that book, you know, which is which is an actual biography. I mean, I I believe that shit was true. Yeah, I'm I'm almost uh, I'm, I'm I don't know if I'm going to read the book, but I, I I'm drawn to that material, and apparently, you know, it was a 25 year, uh, in 25 years in the making that book. A, a couple authors put that together. Really, a lot that's of research. Cool. Although they're also very much, or at least one of them was actually commenting on the fact that the the that the security clearance was uh, was reversed um, in 2022, mm. and he was he was very supportive of it. it. It kind of tipped his hat that he's you know he's he's on that side of of of, of his character, but yeah. but also <laughs> at the same time, you know, if you're going to study someone for 25 years and and write, you're going to feel yeah, you're, you're going to feel one way towards it. Well, you're probably going to absorb the person a lot more, and maybe that that means he's he's coming from a. a point of view that he feels is legitimate for the well i mean you're also gonna if you you're also gonna be one side you're gonna be biased one side or the other and he's definitely biased more oppenheimer side i isn't, think isn't bias tricky i mean it's just like it, it's like you know i i did more research on fascism and communism and what why it rose up in the you know nazi germany was much more fascist leaning you know where you're mm -hmm. where uh it's um you know, Hitler was 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 a fan of it, but but that was almost the reason why communism became more uh, of a force to to combat that that fascism. It was much more um, open to racial diversity. It was much more of you know, it's a more collective philosophy and stuff. Um, but rather than nation race above the individual, centralized government or autocratic style government with fascism you're dealing with more equality of man and brotherhood and but but to to see that you know that's something that russia you know the soviet union embraced and then suddenly that's twisted and it becomes even though it was used as more <laughs> of a of an intellectual study of how do you combat fascism it became something that you know linked you to to uh soviet russia you know and 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 then suddenly you're, you know, so when, when you talk about bias, it, it's interesting because it, it sometimes it just means open mindedness. It's or combating what is, yeah, what is the, yeah. the greater evil. And I know that well, a lot I, of the secu security clearance, a lot of that was like, hey, what's the greater evil? Uh, we want to develop a bomb so we can we can beat the, the Germans. And they're the ones that are anti-Semitic. I loved that little moment when uh, Oppenheimer said that's Hitler's greatest weakness is, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, his hatred of the Jews. And, and, and that's so and that's where <laughs> most of the scientists were, were were Jewish. And so that was his weakness. That's why the U.S. was going to be able to catch up. I loved that. Right. Right. Yeah. That was that was his statement. And well, I mean, and yeah, I mean, it's all history and stuff and you can find that out. I, with the bias in it, what I meant is, is, is it's hard <laughs> not to have a. I went, I went for a while. <laughs> no, no, but this is this is what this movie really does. Is it, it? You watch it, you're entertained, you get a little bit, and then it makes you think. 
what it makes you think about could be a hundred different things. You could think about, you know, what did what did we actually what can of worms did we actually open up by creating this bomb? You know, uh, we we started the arms race. What did the Communist Party in America really? What were they after, and why was it so bad? Like you were saying, you know, th there's a bunch of different things. Some of the stuff I started thinking to, like like um, you know, I talked about earlier, uh, the 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 relationship between Oppenheimer and his wife. I yeah. started thinking into that, and I was like, because I. I didn't catch it all because I was there was so much coming at you. You, you know, you're not going to catch it all unless you're a bigger brain than me, which isn't hard to do. So maybe people did catch more, but I was like so, you know, thinking about it afterwards, I was like, oh my god, why was that such a, you know, one of the scenes um, that really, it was hard for me, and and it and maybe maybe it painted her in a bad light was, you know, they had the child and he comes home and the baby is just crying and she's just letting it cry. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? How do you let that happen as a parent? But then someone brought it up and I didn't I didn't necessarily catch it. Now that I think about it more, I do catch it. She was also a, um, a scientist. That, that, you know, she has the line in there. She goes, I was upgraded from a, uh, I think she was, she was a chemist to a housewife. She goes, I, I, I was promoted from uh, from a chemist to a housewife. And that's why it never really sat well. Like, she never wanted to be the housewife, you know, which, you know, it goes back into this whole Oppenheimer was a fucking womanizer. He was he yeah. was not a, a good man when it came to his relationships with females, essentially. You know, it, his wife, uh, Kitty, was actually married to someone else when he knocked her up. I know. Yeah, I think right? the timeline was a little... <clears throat> oh, they, they even played, said it. They played with it a little bit more in the in the movie to, to make it... Yeah, and I was like, holy oh, shit. And so she never wanted to be a parent, I don't think. I don't think she, I, you know, she never wanted to... She never wanted to take the back seat to, to him in a way. And it shows, but I didn't catch it right away because I was so caught up in some of the other stuff that I go back and think about it, I'm like, oh, fuck, there's a whole movie right there. Yeah, yeah, right? it's, it's it's not a character you'd see written very often for uh, a movie of fiction, you know, mm -hmm. um, and so well, sometimes it does, does kind of hit you a little off. It's like, oh, my gosh, there's 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 that, the, you know, that I, I really loved how she played that scene when she's being interrogated in the, yeah. you, you know, and the whole first couple or minute or so you can tell that she's you know she's not finding any words and stuff she's got the got the flask of of alcohol yeah. in her hand that she's kind of clutching and the and the lawyer that that's that's kind of representing is is looking at Oppenheimer and just kind of going I don't know this isn't so well but then she yeah. finally like she gets, her, gets her rhythm and uh, there's there's a few lines she delivers and it's like okay okay she's she is a strong presence and 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 i and she always was disapproved of oppenheimer's um kind of ability to to not fight back or you know not to to shake the hand yeah, of she the was person. not happy with yeah, it yeah and and i guess that really did happen at at the when when he got the medal uh at Oh, when she wouldn't, when she wouldn't, wouldn't shake her, the hand tell her, or tell her, shake, shake his, her hand. And, and she's like, nope. No, nah, fuck you. Yep. Well, I mean, she, she knew and, and it, it makes sense. So, so there were um, only two, uh, two real, I guess, lead, lead actors that were female. You know, we have Emily Blunt, but then we also have Florence Pugh playing, uh, Jean Tadlock. That was an interesting character. And the, it was, I didn't even realize it was her. 
Oh, you didn't? I <laughs> no. Um, something threw me. I she looked. Her her skin seemed to be a little bit more like you, you darker, only, like a tan. You only know her from uh, from uh, Marvel. Mar. Okay. Okay. Uh, essentially, yeah. But I mean, she just. She looked more like a, a Spanish actress a little bit. Like she had the darker a hair. Dark, yeah, she had the darker, the darker the hair. hair. And her skin seemed to be her skin seemed to be even like a, a, a darker Exposed. color. <laughs> well, I mean her nipples were right out there and, and so I, I have to admit I I, I have a hard pro to, problem when I go into certain movies, I start to doze off a little bit in the beginning. I opened my eyes at exactly the right moment on this one. Like I literally I was probably out like just kind of dozing off for about a you know 30 seconds and i opened my eyes right to her titties and i was like yep i'm back in it <laughs> and i didn't close them again for the rest of the uh you know but yeah i how'd you feel you watch, I, I i thought it was you know very it really showed how exposed and vulnerable you are when you're giving testimony with your wife sitting behind you talking about oh, oh, you oh, that scene but they really played it up by actually you know stripping him of his clothes and then and then throwing her on top on top well, of him so the, staring right at, that was, at Emily Blunt and it was that was more of a Emily Blunt view than his view I thought I know but they actually it was it was very revealing to the audience too I mean she's sitting there butt naked but I, um, no the when you just said that it made me think what if that was his thought process that was coming from him like oh my god this is what my wife is behind me seeing yeah and no, I was like, oh, that would I, be even worse. I know it, oh. res it resonates from a, you know, it really get, puts you in that, in that seat, in that, you know, feeling that uh, being exposed and just having to lay out all your skeletons bare. And maybe that's how, how it was related to the movie itself. Um, you know, she was, a, she was a known communist sympathizer and she was, you know, and, and so it's, it really kind of exposes that side of him too, his his ability to be so taken by a woman and, and and played and at the same time it exposes what a you know, the fact that he wasn't afraid to cheat on his wife and, and all in front of her and so they just ex strip her down was, and put her there. Yeah. Um it was well, uh what was even more crazy, and I don't know if you picked up on this, I thought I did and I wasn't sure until I heard someone else talk about it. But uh, when they're talking about uh, him thinking that she committed suicide. Oh, yeah. I spotted that. You mean the, the uh, hand? The hand on the back of her head. Oh, it was like, it's, it's oh, got a black shit. glove and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I, I did see it the first time. And I thought, well, that's weird. Does that mean, are they suggesting that, that, that she was murdered? And then I read a little yes. bit about it. And I guess that is, <laughs> that is one of the theories is that, that, that he was making a nod to the, the the fact that, you know, it was Oppenheimer was being followed because they were afraid that he had communist leanings. And so well, and I mean, they, were, and they the... were nervous about her because she was a communist. She was a member of the Communist Party and 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 he was sleeping around with her. So, yeah, <laughs> there's well, there's also the scene where they're talking to um, I can't remember the character, but he was talking about. Oh, you want me to take him out on the boat and 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 interrogate him in the the Russian way or whatever? And, Is that Casey so, Affleck's character? The yeah, Boris the, the, Pash. Yeah, Pash. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So I mean, I, and you know, I don't want to say call them conspiracy theories because I think there's more to them. But but that is that's 
I mean, there's there's so many questions well, on has our own government killed our own people for shit like this? Yeah, I I liked I liked this movie from the standpoint of that of that it's saying yeah these conspiracy theories are valid. Let's dig into them and see where where the humanity resides and and where these conspiracy things theories come from because they are valid. They they mm-hmm. could happen, but let's understand them because I think I think the frenzy comes from these kind of two-dimensional headlines saying, you know, you're you're a member of the Communist Party, you're a sympathizer, McCarthyism. And I mean, it was all about that label. Well, yeah, stuff. that was a and big, this was, big, big deal then. And, and this Man, was, that's like cancel culture now. Yeah, I mean, this and this was saying, let's let's dig into what it's all about. Because yeah, these things really do exist. There is a, they are a threat to democracy or, you know, or a threat to, to, to our, our way of life. But let's, let's understand them. And then you, and then it's no longer this, label or you know it's not this this <laughs> it, the 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 like mccarthyism is became its own evil because of how it was dealing with this mm-hmm. and and this is a way of like well let's understand a little bit about what it's about and you know it, even when like when they made the bomb they realized that you know the 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 manhattan project was too important to worry about everyone's security clearance because like like uh, the general pointed out when he's sitting on trial there, would you clear Oppenheimer now? Yes. And he said, nope, like, based no. on these rules, I wouldn't. And I wouldn't have cleared any cleared of them. Any of them. Yep. And, and so, you know, you become your own, you, you stop progress because of your, your rules and stuff like that. And and so that's where paranoia can lead you. you it takes away progress. So there's a balance there. I, I mean, I don't have an answer. I just, I love. Yeah, no. And there's, and I like it when, thing is, when it digs deeper into this and it's not just like, this doesn't give you any answers. It gives you questions to, to look into and form your own opinion. True. That's but it, I, but I it, like that. But it, but it humanizes it too. I, I, I really liked a lot of the interviews I was watching. I, you know, I think Robert Downey Jr. and Matt Damon, they, they were really much proponent, proponents of this. They were expressing how Christopher Nolan, when he brought them on, brought all these supporting, the supporting cast on, he basically gave them the mission to support Killian Murphy and his, uh, you know, they are being hired so that they can support that performance. That's what they are, they are for. Because this was really a study of, of Oppenheimer. And I, I think, really think that was that was effective uh, you know they knew that in order to steal the spotlight they had to shine the light on on his character and, and that's and that's and, and they really did made for a, such a, a, a better good way in what in such a good way they yeah. did i mean it really was about oppenheimer um very interesting if you go and pull up uh, killian murphy's imdb page one of the first things they show you is a show. Uh, it says show stopping bio uh, bio transformation, and it's a picture of the actual Oppenheimer next to a picture of him, and they could have been brothers. Yeah. I mean, he, the look is is ridiculous. I was like, did you hear some oh. of the people that he studied uh, to try to get his persona? I mean, it's certainly the dress, and there was something about how he held his held his hand with you know, <laughs> on on his hip, but. Uh, it, there were a couple people, and I can't remember the second one, but the first one was Mr. Rogers, as far as the way he spoke. Um, yeah. And I love that. I well, it was that, that age. age. It was that time frame. Yeah. Right? Some, he said, people don't speak this way anymore, but you know, you can go back and, and there's a few persons that you can study, and that was one of them, was uh, Fred Rogers. I, I thought that was great. <laughs> That's really cool. And I, I could see that, because I, I mean, yes, for sure, that was definitely... Um, 
you know, back into the story too, like this, this had three acts for sure. And and the, the first act was kind of the, the background of Oppenheimer and his, you know, starting through school, his meeting up with, uh, you know, uh, Einstein and, and his kind of getting recruited almost. Yeah. Right. And then we get into the, the second stage where this, this to me was almost the most fun if you could have, it was the most cinematic. Any. Yeah. In fact, that was one of the criticisms I thought is that there, that I heard was that some people thought that after Trinity, after the Trinity uh, test, that's where the movie should have ended. But yeah, that was Los Alamos, that second act. Yeah. But I don't know if you could have told that second part of that story or the third act in its own movie. It, oh, it wouldn't have been as good. I, I think it, I loved the third act. So I'm not a proponent of that. Yeah. 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 No, that, to me, criticism. This, so this is almost like, and, and I know it, it wouldn't have been as critical as it was, as if it was released as like a three-part miniseries, right? Which you could have done the three acts separately, and it would have had its, it, it would have played really well as that. But I agree, in this movie, that third act is important because it, it's it's all part of it. It's yes, they they built the bomb and they got it done, and and now it's. You know, they talk about it. What is you know, we we remove the rock and 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 you know, uh, expose the snake underneath. Well, what was that snake underneath? And we get a little bit of that in the in that third act. You know, we 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 don't get deeply into what it, you know what really was in the arms race, but we saw that that really you know Louis Strauss was the snake the whole time, right? And 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 it's it's based on egos and stuff like that we get that with that great final scene where you know uh he he thinks that uh uh oppenheimer and and uh uh einstein are are talking shit about him essentially and it really had nothing to do with him and it's like you know that's a total ego fucking move i love that and that was i think it was um what's the actor um that played einstein no the the one that he was he was the the assistant to to Strauss and he, oh he yeah yeah name, that but he's he's the one who played Han Solo in the Solo movie I yeah think. yeah yeah um, I can't uh, he did have a name though I thought oh I I think he's just called Aid or like uh, but but Senate he Aid was, uh, yeah Senate Aid he was Alden the one that, that huh Enrich yeah Alden uh, Enrich okay is the is the actor but yeah, yeah it was in it who was also oh. I, we we talked about him when when we watched cocaine bear because he was in cocaine bear as well yeah. <laughs> he's great but uh he's the one that first suggests that maybe they weren't talking about you at all maybe it had nothing to do with you and the exactly. way that dropped it was like oh oh that's good because someone who has an ego that's kind of the most insulting thing to say and that's well, when he has to go out and face the cameras you know after he's been completely uh um and it was interesting. Denied. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was interesting because through up until that point, you didn't know if the aide was on his side or not because he seemed like he was there helping him and, and like, oh, yes, this is going to go through. And then when he and, and I think what he says is, you know, oh, it exposes the truth. And you're like, oh, fuck, he he wasn't on his side at all. He was just there doing his job. And, you know. Part of that is just just helping these dudes out, and I, and you know that was Scott Grimes was in those same scenes, and and I was like I I love him, you know he's band of brothers. I you know anytime I see one of those guys in something, I get all excited. So I was really excited when I saw him. Um, but yeah, it was I that scene was so good at the end to me that that almost you know like sometimes you're kind of like oh I'm getting a little bit down on this if this ends here I, I'm gonna be a little bit down on myself which but you then, mean you mean the actual uh when he when he 
called him out at the end. Okay. Okay. That scene lifted my spirits. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then and then we get the Einstein scene where you actually get yeah. And 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 I think I think it's fair to say that that's probably just theory you know what they talked about they probably because obviously no one was there to record that uh right uh so so it's just these are ideas that they were discussing but boy how satisfying it was and to and i i think it was good that we had the moment with the aide suggesting that it had nothing to do with strauss because then when we actually heard the conversation between the two of them we were over that we we wanted to know what it was and we realized yeah. that it was really something worth you know, you know, you 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 see the, the the weight of what Oppenheimer suggests and what and and how Einstein kind of takes it is that you know we've started a different chain reaction. It's no longer yeah. about about um, the, the bomb itself. It's no longer it's, about it's, me. It's, it's about this, you this is, and what you started. Hum- yeah, we, this is this is human nature, and we can't uh, we can't stop that beast uh, uh, yeah. and and where it goes. I've always. Um, been fascinated by the difference between the study of psychology and the study of uh, sociology and, and how you know, when you're t- talking about psychology, it's much more um, random. You know, individuals can be so you don't know what they're going to what they're going to say next. It, it can be so random. But when you're dealing with society as a whole, it becomes so predictable. The patterns, it's like there there's such a difference between putting groups of people together. And I think human nature has a way of, of, of adding weight to that sociology study. You know, if you really want to see where society's going, um, you look, <laughs> it, that's where history becomes so fascinating to study because you see, you can understand those patterns and, and see the writing on yeah. the wall and see why it is terrifying to, to, to consider these, these, uh, you know, where this sort of science is going to take you. And, um, well, you know, you know, we talked about a little bit too earlier that, that ego was a big part and, and Strauss definitely had probably the biggest ego, but you know, he wouldn't, even name, he wouldn't even pronounce his name Strauss because that was too, uh, too, uh, Jewish sounding, right? I think yeah. that's something that Oppenheimer called it out on him all yeah. out on say, cause he, cause he corrects him and says it's Strauss. Yeah. And then, well, so then you got, but Oppenheimer, I mean, all of the um, scientists, essentially, all of the, the the brains, they all had a little bit of egos, and we saw some of that too with the the inner inner fightings amongst them, and and then the bitterness amongst them, and then you know you even have uh, the the general or you know um, he kind of had his own little you know they all have their own little egos. So this is a, a an ego. It, it filled. Is, I, you know, I agree with you. At the same time, I think, and they did this really well in the first act. Is they, you really got a sense of, of Oppenheimer's passion, and I think that's something that, you know, you know, he get he's especially when he like he, when he's starts his his uh, his study of uh, uh, in at Berkeley, you know, and he's got mm-hmm. one student, and he's like, and he's he's like, what do you know about about uh, Light, you know, you know, yeah. it goes through the whole idea of whether it behaves like a particle or a wave, or it's <laughs> both, and it's a paradox. And you see his just he he the the Oppenheimer is just alive with this excitement and enthusiasm for what he's doing. And I think I think that can sometimes be confused with ego. You know, I I I think it's it's 
it can happen where our passions can become obsessions and then we start being very egotistical because we're so we're so obsessed with something an idea or something like that but the passion that's that's something that i think was so exciting to see in this in the way that killian murphy played it but i think a lot of scientists are intrigued by uh, he does have a passion and they do they all do have a passion because you can't you can't put that much Yeah, you can't put that much into your work without a a passion for it. In anything you do, you know, when we did martial arts, you have to have a passion to to continue on and push for that. You when you play sports at a high level, you have to have a passion for it. What was it that Kenneth Branagh's character? uh, He plays uh, Boar, who says, "There's a difference between being able to read music and being able to hear the music." Right. Yeah. And and he asks him, "Do you hear the music?" And he's just like, "I absolutely do hear the music." Yeah. And then they kind of it, cut to a little kind of poetic scene <laughs> where he's got the music kind of playing around him. But yeah, and and so you're right. He has a passion for it, but it also it turns into somewhat of an ego because he you know he knows more than the next, and and he you know his his theory is is better than the next you know what i mean but that's that's most yeah. scientific and, and 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 he's so into his theory and when they find out that the atom someone split the atom he's like hell no and he goes to his chalkboard yeah. and he writes a whole you know his his he he disproves it he's like nope look i, I just yeah. disproved it and and they're like well they just did it next door <laughs> yeah so that's what i mean so yeah that's where you go you're right theory only takes you so far and they they make that point oh they make that point too oh but that's right. that's the beauty of it and that passion that, and ego goes together and one of the things that brought christopher nolan to this project was i think it was something that was brought up in tenet and uh but it's this that that whole i concern that that there could be a chain reaction i'm going to pause for a moment because noah's stepping away and i'm wanting to hear this <laughs> we're good all right i didn't know okay i'm back on but uh no worry talk because the whole the whole uh panic that i think it's teller that brings in the 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 papers and basically there's that oh. concern that that if they split you know if they're successful in in doing Ignite the in atmosphere doing on this 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 fission uh, uh it's going to chart start a chain reaction that, that won't stop, stop that don't stop and those neutrons are gonna you know explode out and split other atoms and it'll keep going yeah and it'll end up igniting it and i love that you know we see it in the trailer where where the general is like, you know, what what are the chances? And he's like near one zero. of my best like, near zero. Near, <laughs> yeah, I need more closer to. Yeah, one of my favorite scenes. I I loved the general. Is I don't know if it's because I have a a military background and I have a a kind of love for it, but I really resonated with him a little bit. Have like you he's trying? Have you seen uh, Fat, to- <laughs> Fat Man and Little Boy? I think is the movie with Paul Newman. Paul Newman no, plays plays the general. It's, okay, it's, and you know that's those are the two bombs. I think Fat Man and Little mm-hmm. Boy are the are the are the bombs. Little Boy dropped. was dropped first. Um, and uh, so was Little Boy the the one that was built off of that smaller jar. Yeah, and yep. Uh, yep. So yep, I I kept I didn't actually investigate this, but there were three atomic bombs, but there were only so did they, they they obviously must have made enough material what was the first one was the first one done with the bigger the first jar? one <laughs> no the so the first one was done with a fraction of what the little jar was oh right? just a fraction fraction because they were they were just seeing how if they could get the atoms to split like they basically it was probably i don't know i'm going to i'm going to rough estimate this is probably a a 12th 
to a sixteenth of what probably the the uh, little man was, Holy maybe God. even less. Okay. okay. Um, because I mean, think about it. When they talked about how far those people were, were were mile, one mile, two mile, you know, uh, away from the explosion, and nothing really happened to them. When they dropped the little little boy, uh, it it actually did quite a bit of damage up to four You're to five miles. Hiroshima. When you talk about yeah, little boy. Okay. okay, yeah. So it was a fraction. It was just a test to see if they can even get the chemical or the, the fusion reaction to go. And then they did it at a bigger scale um, and then even a, a bigger, bigger scale for the, the, the bombs. And so okay. uh, I, do, I do know much somewhat about that. Well, I, it's interesting because, I mean, I know your job. You work in kind of – you yes. help. <laughs> do, do you have any of these sort of um... – concerns no, or something i know well okay so uh just to put it out there what i do work i do work for military contracts and and we do uh build weapon systems uh but i don't build explosive stuff what i do is i build probably what would be considered the smart section of a smart bomb so a guidance system and what i look at it is 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 uh, one of the main ones we build is an artillery round. You can go look it up. It's uh, Excalibur round. It's XM980 or uh, sorry, M9, M982. It's out there. It's There's YouTube videos on it. It takes a normal artillery round and puts a guidance system on it, which makes it uh, steerable, essentially. The cool thing about it is, is, is it becomes uh, guaranteed to hit where we fire uh, through coordination and stuff like that within a six-meter mark. So, Meaning, So you're not dealing with Hiroshima where you have all this fallout that takes out you know, right. All the civilian life as well. You can. Yes, it, it's 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 kind of like a sniper version of an artillery round. And what it allows you to do is fire. So, uh, you know, I'm going to use Afghanistan as a as a an example is, you know, you had uh, known combatants. Uh, they would they would set up near schools and near churches and near hospitals because they knew. Uh, they wouldn't attack near those because of uh, collateral damage. Well, what it allows now is like, okay, you could be right next door and I'll fire this artillery round with confidence that I'm going to hit your house, your bedroom, and not hit your neighbor. And so that it, it's one of those things is uh, we also work on the space missile, which is, you know, uh, it goes up and it positions it. And so we, we work on guidance stuff. So the way I look at it is, is this armament is already out there. Right, the, the 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 bullet is already there. I'm just making it smarter and more effective, so that we have less collateral damage. Do you have, you know, with that said, it sounds like you do have a line that you're don't want to cross. Is that true? Or I mean, um, I I, I know. Yes I, and I, no. I mean, I say this because <laughs> um, my dad he worked at at uh, Hughes Aircraft Aeros mm-hmm. Air. Uh, he he worked at a couple companies, but he worked on the. Uh, Star Wars defense system back in the yeah. back in the and that's kind of what like we're that. part of now and 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 I remember him talking to me about it and saying yeah this is a defense system I think he was opposed to working on on attack offensive systems. systems but I mean I don't know how much say you Difference. have in that I know I know when Casey was looking for work she was uh-huh. a little concerned about coming to work for yours because because it was. It was offensive, you know. It was an, you know, there it was. It was weapons it be, and stuff like that. And yeah. I think, I think she just hadn't come to terms with so, that. And so, and that's that, and that's fine. I personally, yeah. from my background, uh, you know, my strong military family, my grandpa, my yeah. father, and 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 a lot of people uh, in my family have served. I served myself. I am not opposed to 
offensive weapons because I understand that sometimes you have to take the attack to you got to have a good guy with a gun sometimes to stop a bad guy with a gun. I and I'm bringing this up because this movie is so uh, and he was the same. He, that's yeah. his thought. I mean, he, he addressed, I mean, he more, he had to come to terms with this as, you know, he was, yeah. he was all in when it came to, to beating the Germans before. And, and this, the, there was this sense that, you know, the Japanese, they weren't going to stop, you know, they weren't going to, that was his thoughts. And, then, and, and that um, goes back and forth. And I believe that that's a, a, an accurate thought because it, that was how they portrayed. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you're, if you, if you are intellectual enough to understand human nature, <laughs> right? You know, you know that there, you you can't trust uh, <laughs> more. Uh, you know, someone's moral code, especially when when people start working as a group, and that's where sociology comes into play. Is that is you know that no matter what one person thinks, that tide's going to take you to to a different well, place. And so, I, I mean, I don't have an answer for this sort of stuff. No, we have a great but we have a great example in this movie where uh, the bomb is already created, right? And they're trying to decide on targets and they have the the group meeting and stuff and and they're talking about and you get the 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 uh, probably it's probably an army uh, uh, representative or you know high up in the military and he's saying oh these are the 12 targets he goes oh but not this one because that's where my honeymoon right off and you that, know and that was real apparently I read that that, oh, was, fuck, that, really? that was an actual that was an actual but that thing. also they, just shows took you Kyoto off the table because he had honeymooned there yeah but that shows you what kind of like mentality some of these guys have it's like a little I, bit personal now I also think and this is this is my personal opinion and, and it it has nothing to do with the movie. Has nothing to do with anybody. But I had a, I have a feeling that our military was not going to hold back on dropping that because of Pearl Harbor. Well, everything we got socked in the mouth, no. and it was there was people that took that a hard offense, and they're going to go, we're going to fucking hit you right back. As there hard was or harder. There were a few. There was this idea of dropping it in a place where you know just to demonstrate the power. And, and then it was, and, and they kind of dismissed, well, if it doesn't work or that, you know, that's going to be, we'll look know, really and, bad, you know, and, and there was, uh, and it'll all, and then they'll know it. And if you give them a heads up that this is going to happen, they're going to hit you with everything. And these are my people that are flying the plane and there's no way you're going to do that. You know, they were, they were coming up with a reasonable argument why all these things really were, were not smart. <laughs> you know, the, the only way to really yeah. happen was just to hit them. You know, I, I, I don't I don't like saying this, but I mean, it, it almost feels like it was inevitable uh, that that this was going to happen. And it was the right decision by God. I mean, that they, they killed one hundred and ten thousand people with the two bombs. Now, and that was, I think, just in the blast itself. And that then, was just in the blast. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to sidetrack real okay. quick, just because this is this is kind of partially where my my opinions of, of military come from so uh the first hydrogen bomb you know you talk about testing these and stuff like that and so this the is first, the h-bomb so the, here we're talking about fusion not fission yeah which was the atomic yeah so bomb that, you know we kept building right yeah. this and they talk about this in this movie and this is where it still ties to this movie so the first actual test of a, of a dropped hydrogen bomb was over the bikini islands on may 21st 1956 uh the pilot of that um uh, bomber was uh, Captain uh, David uh, Madison Critchlow, who happens to be my great uncle. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I just, uh, it was funny. I, I didn't know about this growing up. I actually learned this just a couple years ago. I was, I was in a uh, U.S. history class 
And I'm flipping through our textbook, and there's a picture of him, and it talks about dropping of the H-bomb, and it had his name. And I was like, wait, no. Wait, hold on. <laughs> that, wait, wait. I was like, oh, shit, that's, that's my great uncle. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so he actually dropped the first test over uh, the Bikini Island. So we did do, like you said, you know, they talked about testing these in, in an area just to show what we could do. The Bikini Islands, I think they saw a total of 12 tests there or yeah. something over the and time. And I think – I think that's that famous mushroom cloud explosion yep, that you yep. see, and which is why I think when I saw the explosion in the Trinity test in this movie, it was a little it's less, a little different. It, you know, it was a little underwhelming, and I thought, oh, but but yeah. it's probably much more accurate, especially if you say it was just a fraction of the uranium that they used. Yes, yeah, and, and it's so. more fire, fire, but yeah. So I, uh, he flew it out of a, a B fifty two named Barbara Grace, which was named after his wife and his and uh, his mother. Uh, so I, I just. I, I think that's cool. It's like so. I have a little bit of tie to history in this, uh, as from an uncle or yeah. a great uncle. Uh, I just thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, so that's one of the, you know you talked about. They didn't want to test it because yeah, if it fails, we look weak. They don't, you know, the the pilots like yeah, I don't want to warn these guys because then they're gonna know we're coming, and 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 yeah, then they're gonna be shooting me down, and that's something that we don't, you know, no pilot ever wants to deal with. We had enough of that anyways, so. They covered so much stuff in this that this is a movie I, I would love, I, and I will go see it again at some point. Um, as long as it is, it doesn't have an action moment. It doesn't have that heartbeat racing. There's, there's, but it's, it's, well, it's, t- okay, you know what I mean? No, well, you know what I mean? Like action, no. Yeah, but, but I mean, it the had, stomping that you know the whole speech and the way they cut that together yeah, and that there's yeah. so much of it. I mean, yeah, I didn't get up to go to the bathroom for three hours and I didn't see anybody <laughs> else move, and that's that's not typical for me. I mean, my bladder just goes, oh, uh, it's been two hours, I need to move, but I it just was one like I it just it's so intriguing everything that's going on. You think and it and, and it raises so many questions afterwards. Like I said, I listen and there's not a lot of podcasts out there right now on Oppenheimer, which I was kind of surprised. Um, but, you know, I listened to a couple and, and people got some deep dives. It, most, I'm going to say 95% of them were like, oh, my God, this this might be the best movie of the year. Uh, you know, just so high on everything that came out of it. There's a couple people that had some issues with some certain things. But nobody that was like, this is a horrible movie. This is like, this is a must-see. I, 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 I'm going to say right now that this will be a Best Picture nominee. Absolutely. If not right if not right, if it, if it was out right now against everything else that's been out this year, this would win. I, I have a feeling unless unless someone drops a performance that's out of this world that Killian Murphy is going to get a Best Actor uh, award for, the, for yeah, this. Ex- um, and exactly, and thank his and he will thank his supporting cast per- profusely. Um, but well, um, there, there might be some Best Supporting in there too. You talk about podcasts. I listened to um, <laughs> uh, Ben Shapiro today which mm. it's funny because i think it was last week before our podcast and nina and i were talking talking about, about how shitty <laughs> about his his uh review of barbie and and uh and, and yeah i think she had some things to say it was, it was a i and i'm i'm kind of with her on a lot of those things this guy i don't i'm not a big fan of his but but it came up in my feed because i kept looking for oppenheimer stuff and he okay. had he had some positive things to say about it he's he's really a big fan of the movie and he was the one that was talking about fascism and communism some of the things that I was talking about earlier where I, where I thought that was I was that was interesting but he talked about Christopher Nolan um the, the movies he's made and he thought this was more co- comparable to There Will Be Blood as far as 
how it was played out other than maybe his other movies like, uh, you know, Inception and Interstellar and the ones that are much more science um, action thriller. I, I could see that. Whereas yeah. This is much more heavy drama like There Will Be Blood. And, you know, we covered that with uh, with yeah. with uh, the friend, your friend from uh, from Ryan, Ryan from the Turtle yeah. Soup guys. Yeah. yeah. And that was which check out that podcast because I think that was a really interesting. I'm trying to get those guys back. I'm trying to get them back so bad. <laughs> But uh, but I thought so, that was that was worth noting that uh, you know and you're it, right it is it's level. it's very much on that level I mean it, it kind of um, I mean Dunkirk was very similar where it, it yeah but Dunkirk was an event this is and this does have an event but this is so much more a character study very much like there will be blood you know? you're right and you're right in that and and I think a lot of people go into this thinking the event is the big deal and it was such a small part of it. Well, it certainly is cinematic and an extraordinary act. I thought um, it was probably the the least exciting of the the, the movie. I well, I'm I'm impressed. I I mean I it's funny. I, I know. Think, <laughs> I, I, I think uh, it was Critical Drinker put out a yeah. put out his review, and I think that he was. I didn't read. I didn't listen to the whole thing because his was kind of mixed. But he, his big thing was he thought it should end after that. Or at least that was. I've heard a lot of people talk about that, and and, and and the people that don't understand what the third act was about. Yeah. There, there's three sides. There, there's three parts of this this movie, and and you you lose if you don't get all three. Yeah, I was afraid seeing it a second time that I might get a little lose See, a little I, my attention. And man, I was riveted just as much that second time. Six hours I've spent on this movie the last week. <laughs> yeah, so. I would have been I would have been less impressed with this movie. It stopped at the the ignition the ignition of the bomb, because I I think that third act was more intriguing and more interesting to me than probably the rest as far as like oh fuck I want to know what's going on next I need to know who it's who, you know it's critical it's I mean it's it's all yeah. about what has become I mean if it was just about that Trinity uh, test. You know, that's almost like an ideal world that this is what it's about. Oh, hooray. That's the that's the happy ending that you get from your Disney films like we, we see. <laughs> yeah. That's the big uh, right. celebration with the with the stomping and stuff like that. But that becomes oh. the Oof. turning point where you suddenly see that his his um, his concern and what you know, he, what what is he well, unleashed? And, and that was the interesting thing is that actually was after the bomb dropped in in Japan. Yeah, right. It true. wasn't. You're right. You're right. It, but that was such a critical scene and and so powerful because you know we'd been hurry, hearing that stomping through through the entire movie. Oh, I know we had, and so when right. it finally kind of matched up with its its where it was coming from, it was really. Yeah. Spe- I mean, I I thought it was a locomotive. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they well they play it off like that because they they show a train when in early time to- in the yeah. early portion of the movie they show it. So interesting. I read in here that uh, it's uh, Ludwig who is the um, was the uh, the sound guy. Why am I can't think of the name of that? But the guy that does the sound. So they put no drums in this this movie. Yeah, I saw that in IMDb. Yeah, yeah, they didn't want to have it because ha- it kind of made it more military and stuff like that, which I, I get because taps and things like that. But they have that stomping, which is kind of like a drum beat. But that scene where he's giving that speech, you know, and, and, you know, he's seeing the the different reactions of them cheering and then the the visions of what the bomb causes and stuff and him having to deal with that. And it's like, man, it's, you know, 
Oh, she, the, she, the he, he is he is okay. So he, I, 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 you know, they call him the father of the the atom bomb, right? And this is where the father side of it it it, it comes through, right? Because there's there's sometimes as fathers that we we do some stuff where it's like we put on that happy face when we know like, hey, yeah, it's all glossy and good, and we know there's some bullshit behind it, but we we oh, we, yeah. we hide that, and he did that. In this speech, but he's visioning the other crap and the other oh side God, of it. It's like, it's like, oh, it's so good. And in the way he played it, and the way the sound, and the way the the cinematography showed it, it it's it's one of the best scenes in in the movie, I think, as far as like dramatics and like make you like whoa. I don't know about you, but the there was they, a couple times the way they cut out the sound too, and it's just Ugh. him, and then you just hear yeah. him him saying his speech. It was so. Uh, un- unnerving. I mean, it just puts you in such an odd place, and the way he kind of came in and out with the sound too. It was it was very much like the like the like the forty second delay of the sound hitting you. Yeah, you know, and maybe well, that's what they were playing with. There's also a scene later where he's in the interrogation, and the and he kind of has oh, that yeah. vibration behind. I'm like, oh, they they did some really cool stuff. Yeah. And you, if you didn't have that third act, you wouldn't have that in in the first. The first two acts, yeah, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like let's build the team. You know, let's look at this in an MCU case, right? Yeah. The first act is Iron Man one and Captain America one. We're getting the guy's backstory. <laughs> you know, the next one is Avengers one, right? We're putting it all together. Act three, Endgame. It, you know, well, probably even more Infinity War because it was a little more somber. Yeah. But it's the first ones are like that that build it up and let's put the team together, and then it's like. This is what happens when 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 the shit hits the fan and everybody's got to own up to it. It's yeah. I'm looking I, you at, know you mentioned Jack Quaid playing the bongos and stuff. Yeah, and, <laughs> I, and I I didn't realize, but he played he was he played Richard Feynman, and I just got to tell this story because my brother, you know, who got a physics degree from uh, Santa Barbara, UC Santa Barbara, uh, he went to a a lecture, a Richard Feynman lecture. And he asked a question, and it reminds me of that scene because it was it was uh, Kenneth Branagh, Neil, Niels Bohr, uh, mm-hmm. in this where it was it was Oppenheimer that got to ask the question. You know that that the next day, Bohr said, "You know, you're the only one that asked a uh, right, an right, interesting question." But I, I don't know what my brother asked. But uh, but seeing Richard Feynman, I remember that being a big deal when I was younger. That that my brother <laughs> got to go see Richard Feynman speak. Um, back, you know, this was back in the eighties. So I don't know how, right. how old he was, but, but I didn't realize, I knew Richard Feynman was a part of the, uh, was a part of the Trinity test in, in, in the Manhattan yeah. project. But, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I never heard him referred to, I never heard Feynman referred to in the movie. So it's only now that I'm seeing, okay, maybe they referred to a Richard. <laughs> Probably. But, they didn't, they didn't really say the names of a lot of these guys, even though they give them names in the, in the, uh, the other part, which was, it's, it's really yeah. cool. But you know uh, faces re- and that's where the face is yes. using actors that, that, that you recognize their face just can help place those, well, those storylines. I mean, so Jack Quaid is one of those guys that I picked up right away because I've recently watched The Boys. Um, he's big from that. Um, he's done a lot of. I'm looking at his his IMDb and I'm like, holy crap! He's he's been in a lot. I mean, he's he's uh, Peter Parker in in Across the Spider Verse. He's a, he's a Peter Parker voice. Uh, he's in <laughs> he's he's in so much crazy stuff. But uh, the bongos, I picked up on it because I was like, I'm like, is he actually playing good? And then I, I listening to a podcast, they were talking about Richard Feynman 
and he was a bongo player. And that was something that they <laughs> someone put in there that like this guy was always playing the fucking bongos. And anytime there was a, a celebration, that guy would be bongo in it. And I was like, I'm like, that's the kind of shit that is just details that you're like, yeah. pinky out, my man, pinky out. I got to point out a couple technical details from a filmmaker's point of view. Um, yeah, good. Um, this was the first movie that used uh actually black and white yeah uh, kodak had to develop had to come up with an imax black and white uh uh film in order to mm -hmm. use for the imax cameras so i thought that was kind of cool and i didn't realize this but christopher nolan does not do adr adr is automatic dialogue replacement typically movies oh. after they shoot the movies they they bring the actors back into the sound studio and they they do a lot of overdubs so that they can hear the sound better because typically when you're out and about in the field you don't always you don't always hear pick up the sound as well but Christopher Nolan is really insistent on getting the sound from the performance at the time which is even tougher when you're dealing with IMAX cameras cuz they're loud <laughs> but yeah. uh, but uh, I guess that's that was a big deal in um, in the the third Dark Knight movie, the Dark Knight Rises, because of Bane, they oh right yeah couldn't that... understand him. I think they yeah. did do some ADR for that because it was just it was so you couldn't hear anything, and so he caved and did some. But but um, if you're watching this movie and you can't understand what people are saying at times, which I there were times that I didn't know what they were saying, and and I wasn't sure if it was because I'm not seeing it in an IMAX screen. Although, I, I mean, I, I saw it in, in, the first time I saw it, I saw it in the, in the ultra, the, you know, in the, in the high-end sound mm -hmm. screen. So, so I thought, oh, that's not a good excuse. But I bet that's why, because he doesn't do ADR. And it's just, yeah, he I, says, he just says, that's, you can fault me for it, but it's just, I, I want to keep the performance as is, because I think that's the way. You know, he, he, he's, you know, we've, we've done some directors recently that, that, that we're covering because of the, they direct the way they direct. Wes Anderson is one of them. Like, that's Anderson. one of his things. Who's got another movie coming out on Netflix in a couple months uh, with, uh, I think, who's the one who played Mahatma Gandhi, who's also in uh, the, the Marvel movie playing, in, he was in Iron Man 3. He played uh, the, the, the the villain that turned oh, the actor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, ben Kingsley, thank you. Uh, ben King yeah, but uh, he's got a like a short movie coming out to Netflix. Okay. Uh, so he's already, I mean, he just had Asteroid City that came out, but now yeah. he's got this one coming out. So look for that. I can't remember the name, but I just saw that today. Uh, also, you know, another tie back to that Asteroid City, uh, two two movies in a row where we got to see MCU boobies, right? We got Florence Pugh and then we had... Uh, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. So uh, I was very excited MCU about that. MCU boobies. Nice. <laughs> There's that's Noah for you. <laughs> uh, Chasing the MCU boobies. Okay. Yeah. I, two of my favorite women in the MCU too. Um, yeah. Right. You're, you know, uh, this is, this is filmed wise too. This was, this was such a, an interesting movie. I, I, I did read about the, the uh, IMAX stuff and I thought that was cool. I did, I wanted to see this in a max. I have never seen a movie in IMAX and this was one that I, I was like, Oh, I would love to see this. Yeah. Having seen it, I'm not so sure that it's needed. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to chase it down. I'm. I'm yeah, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I think sound... I think it would be better to see it as a first experience. You know, and and I, I I if I had the opportunity to see it in IMAX screen, I'd be like, yep, I'm there. 
but uh, yeah. but I'm not going to chase it. Uh, yeah. But I I do event, at some point want to see an IMAX. Maybe the next Christopher Nolan one. <laughs> yeah. Some. I mean, one of these days we'll have to get out there and see something on yeah. IMAX. I, yeah. Like I said, I've never done it myself either. I, it's. Yeah, I know. I went to that theater and and I think it was 300, but I I can't remember. That was so long yeah. ago, and and I it must have just been like because I think at early IMAX it was like oh there's this little fall, small five minute scene that's shot in IMAX and you can only see it if you're in an IMAX screen. <laughs> so I don't know if this well, was completely... I think and was, that's also I think the JFK or the, I'm sorry the uh, the uh, Truman scene was shot was not shot in IMAX and that was specifically because it was the IMAX cameras were too loud and he mm. really didn't want the dialogue to be um over overpowered by the cameras or you know or something to that effect so so he used standard cameras for that but i don't know if the rest of the film was all shot on IMAX or not yeah i don't i i'm not sure and and i know the reason one of the reasons i haven't seen IMAX is for one um the local one here is in San Francisco, and I'm not a fan of going there. Um, I know now there is there is actually another one that's within about the same distance, so I might travel there. But it's you know it's a it's an hour travel just to go see it. I was there this weekend. I know you were, and that sounds really cool. Oh I, I don't want shit! To tell I people about it. Yeah, I think I mentioned this uh, on on one of our podcasts, but my uh, my kids got me tickets to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark at the San Francisco Symphony. And oh my God, this was great. They basically brought down a screen above the uh, the, the San Francisco Symphony and they must have taken out the the audio or the uh, the music, all the music tracks Track. the, from the uh, film because um, they did it all live. It was it was unbelievable. And this was there any missteps? Not in the in the in the symphony. I mean, it was. I, I tell you, some there were a couple scenes where I thought the mix was a little off, and I'm I'm sure that's because they can't bring the symphony down a little bit. There was, there was oh, in, in okay. the in the chase at the end or when they're driving, and, and I think I think in the in the movie the audio was a little was a little uh, higher, higher on the on the actual. Um, audio that was going on in the movie and the and the sound and the music was a little lower whereas gotcha, in this okay. it was a little bit more elevated so it felt like almost a new experience um but uh but and it was also interesting because there were a couple lines that were dubbed a little different there was the oh interesting when he, when he says uh come on show a little backbone will you about the snake it yeah. was a, it was a different dub it was like it was like I mean, maybe the audio track with the with the music had the overdub that made it because he's uh, like, come on, show a little backbone, will you? But this just kind of said, come on, show a little backbone, will you? It was a little bit more underplayed. <laughs> so it's like, well, that's weird. And then there was another line in. Um, I, and I can't remember. Oh, it was it was when Sala's talking to, to to Harrison for to to Indiana Jones on the balcony of. You know, when they're in Cairo and he says something about uh, perhaps a man I know can can uh, tell us. But in the and and I and this this stood out because when I was a kid, I had an album. I had a record player of this of the audio because because you didn't get VHS. Of course you did. Time. Yeah. No, I wanted to know, I wanted to listen to the movie over and over again on my record player, <laughs> you know. So and and that was the 
that was that was the way he said the line in that. It was perhaps a man I know can tell us, can yeah. help us, or something like that. Um, and um, but in the movie, it's perhaps a man I know can help us. You know, oh. and this dub was back from the album. It was just like, oh my god, I'm I'm 12 years yeah. old again. <laughs> you know, so there was a few things that just kind of struck me. But at the same time, the music was unbelievable, and it was all live. So. so. Um, one of the things I've noticed when I've seen kind of live bands play is you feel the music more. Oh, yeah. And what I mean is it is it, you know, speakers can do a lot, but for there's something about live music being played that you you feel it in the air. Did did you have a more uh, effervescence with it? Did did you I feel that the, music? I could not get the grin off my face. I mean, so <laughs> so it, it it affected me. Um, so I highly recommend it. They do. I guess next year they're doing a whole bunch of performances again. I got Empire Strikes Backs coming up. They're doing some. Oh, they're doing Lord of the Rings stuff. So, oh my so God. this is something that that check it out. I mean, I don't I don't know how much they paid for tickets. It's I don't think it's I, I don't know. I don't, but those two that you just mentioned right bucks. there, I was like, like, yeah, fuck, but I'd uh, be on that. And, and most people, most people were just dressed normally but there were a lot of there were some some people doing the the whole role uh role tell, playing, please tell you know? me you at least wore a leather jacket <laughs> or a fedora i did not no no <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because cindy cindy kept saying is this dress up and and i said no i don't think it's dress up but i realized she was saying this is symphony. should you no no she, oh. was, she was referring to dressing up in nice clothes uh, tie in symphony i thought she was meaning is a dress up like costume um <laughs> But, but <laughs> which would have been I, funny yeah. if you told her yes, and you show up as Indy, and she's like all in an evening gown. Right, I know, I know, right? Yeah, but we saw or vice, we saw some people or, dressed up nice, some people dressed up as Indiana Jones. And- uh, that's hilarious. I, you know, I wish I'd have known. I would have, I would have went and got you a fedora. Uh, um, so yeah, this I had is, that stuff uh, when I was a kid. I had a pistol, I had a whip, I had a fedora. Yeah, I wouldn't have wore the pistol. You were in San Francisco. Who knows what that would have done? Um, <laughs> You know, uh, although, I mean, I don't know, they're pretty loose on crime now, so maybe they'd have just let you walk through. Um, <laughs> all you got to do is pretend you're homeless and you can get away with everything. Anyways, this is an incredible movie. Um, you know, don't let the three hours scare you. Uh, it is well worth it. Um, I know for me, sometimes movies, I, I, I have that feeling like, oh, I could have saw this at home and been okay. This does play better on a big screen because there are some cine- cinematographer. Oh, I can't even say the word now. Would you say cinematic? That's fair. Yeah, cin- cinematic. Uh, I probably have trouble with that one too. But like <laughs> the, the big explosion and 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 some of the stuff they do with visuals and stuff is is pretty dynamic to have on a big screen and it it's kind of cool. Uh, but I would also say that if you don't get to see this in a theater or if you do see this theater, as soon as it's streaming or you can get this on a. D- DVD, get this and watch it again because watch it with some sound, uh, some subtitles so you can get all the words too. Yeah, because the ADR, they a, don't do ADR, so you're not going to pick up on it. I didn't, I didn't feel like I lost any of the conversation, but I also think there was a lot going on fast that I may have I, missed something I don't know. I, I, get, um, I get torn with subtitles because when you read subtitles, you're taken away from the visuals. The visual. And, and Killian Murphy has such a presence on the screen and... 
it's I, I almost would suggest don't turn on the subtitles because then your gaze is not staring into his eyes. No, no. His eyes are fucking hypnotic. Well, that's what I mean. Is that's I'm talking about a second watch or a okay. third watch sure. or even a fourth watch. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, realistically, Killian Murphy is Oppenheimer. Emily Blunt as as Kitty Oppenheimer. Uh, Matt Damon is Leslie Groves and Robert Downey Jr. is, is Strauss. Those are the top Strauss. four build. Strauss. I'm going to call him Strauss. He's a dick. I don't care. He's going to take what I give him. Um, their acting is so strong. I mean, Matt Damon is probably the weakest of the f- the four, but it's also how he was written. I think, I mean, his character is, he, for what he was written as, is he, he acted what he could. The other ones have a range and more nuance going on. Yeah. 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 I get what you're saying. But Matt Damon killed for what he like. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe this is because I, he brought some moments of levity that I, that you, (laughs) right. That's hard to get out of a movie like this. And you need a character that's a little bit more gruff and, and, and kind of, you know, straight shooter. Well, he also played a high level military man. I loved, I loved the, you know, his introduction, he brings in his aide who I can't (laughs) remember his name, but, but he, he becomes a character throughout, but, uh, but he's like here, you know, he tosses his coat and says, get this clean, get Get this this dry clean. clean. And then, and then later when they're building, building, uh, Los out, you know, they're building the town in Los out. He's he's like, build me a town, you know, make it. So I I loved the, you know, the, the orders that he was throwing at him. Well, I mean, he was, he, Get this he clean, was a, build me a town. <laughs> I, I want to say he was a one-star general when it first shows and he becomes a two-star. Well, he said he was on. being made a general for this purpose. Yeah, but I could have swore he had a general's star. Okay. Like, well, you had, know that more the, than I do. I don't he know. He had the Oakleys and then he had okay. two Oakleys later. So I think he was I think he was actually already. So that may have been a, a mistake. Um, but yeah, that's they don't they don't get their hands dirty they they tell people they have multiple people under them high level people that just do their shit like i mean i i wouldn't be surprised if a general doesn't wipe his own ass i mean it would i i wouldn't put it past him but clean this coat build this town wipe my ass <laughs> exactly and you know what those would happen maybe not in that order but they would happen um you know it it, it was great and like i said he had the he had the least amount of range from the others but i also think he had a tighter person to play where the others kind of had a a more openness i mean and they killed it like all of it i don't there's nothing in this that i didn't think oh my god the acting was not good there i mean they all brought yeah. something even the smallest like there's people with two or three lines that brought it well, from even the like, get the one who played roger robb uh jason clark oh my I, I god lived, he was from terminate I, I remember him from terminator yes. uh, one of the terminator movies and and Couple smaller roles, but man, he was menacing and fucking and he, hated he, him. Oh, but that was that was his presence. That's what you they know, wanted. He played that that attorney that was just grilling Oppenheimer and all the other other defendants. Even though this wasn't a trial, you know, this was just a small. I loved how they made this <laughs> little small room that they oh, put, squeezed him into this little little tiny tiny courtroom is what it felt like. Yeah. But it, but it was it was not that. It was it was just. And he's he's another he's one that great. I was like, oh my god, I know him from somewhere else, and I couldn't figure out. It might have been O Dark Thirty uh, or Zero Dark Thirty. He was in that. Oh, uh, um, yes, he was. Yeah, I'm looking at his thing right now. So I there there's all these people. I'm like, fuck, I know this guy. I know this guy. There's there's tons of them. And then I and I go look at their IMDb, and I'm like, 
God, I'm, do I know him from really that small of a role? But I guess I do. So, uh, but yeah, he's one. He's another one that was just killing it with what he had. Um, the the um, uh, Macam or Macam Blair was the uh, uh, the defense attorney for Oppenheimer, the opposite of of uh, the Rob. Oh yeah, Rob. he reminded me of uh, who's the guy from Birdcage. Uh... Yes, <laughs> I I thought it was the same too, and I'm like, I know this dude, and I'm looking at his IMDb, and I'm like. I really don't know no. this dude. <laughs> I, 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 you know, the only thing I think I saw uh, the hunt, which was out in 2020. It was it was a movie I was a little afraid of, but um, I did watch it. That's the only thing I think. I'm like, I've maybe I saw him in that, but he was also someone I was like, God, he looks so familiar. Rami Malek, and you know, I talked about the oh guy my from God, right? I got to talk about the guy from Numbers. I talked about Matt Damon being <laughs> from uh, being from. Uh, Goodwill Hunting, and then we have Rami Malek, who is also in the in the series, the Netflix. I can't remember the name now, but but where he played he played a hacker, you know, doing you know oh. another one kind of obsessed with with uh, numbers and trying to right. To well, riddle. wasn't he? Uh, well, he was he Freddie remarked, Mercury too. He wanted, okay, I was gonna say he. Yeah, he wasn't he Freddie for that. Yeah. And all I can think of is when I think of that movie is the goddamn prosthetic teeth that they put on him. <laughs> That's all I can think of. But I dressed up as Freddie Mercury like a year before <laughs> that movie. I we even that movie was even on the horizon. So I, <laughs> and and I got in the whole reason I, I I I went to a costume store and I got some and they teeth. Had the teeth. <laughs> it was it was um, they had it wasn't Freddie Mercury teeth, but these were like wax teeth. Yeah. They were they were for I can't remember what they were for, but I had to remold them to kind of create the Freddie Mercury look, and that was the that was the the the, the best touch to my costume to make it uh, to make it uh, look like Freddie Mercury. But this was like the year before that movie was announced, so uh, I felt like I was ahead of the game there. So well, I mean, his biggest thing is Bohemian Rhapsody for sure. I think, um, but yeah, it, well, and he played a very interesting role in this too, um, where. He, you know, we all, you, the way it's falling together, right? Oppenheimer's getting fucking shafted and, and uh, Strauss is getting, you know, he's going to be, you know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, you're, you know, you have, they haven't not uh, confirmed a person since 21 and all this. Yeah, and, he's been nominated for like secretary of something. Yeah. Yeah, but it was like a big deal and you had to go through a confirmation hearing. And yeah, they hadn't but, confirmed anyone. They had not confirmed anyone. Not confirmed for, anybody. For like a hundred years or something like that. So this and, was, they, and he comes in and drops a bomb. <laughs> Right. And it literally drops a bomb on him. And uh, it's one of those things where it's like, <laughs> well, no, uh, literally, all... I think literally we saw that earlier. Yeah. But... No, I think he literally did. I think okay. he, you know, if, if it would have been monkeys, Figuratively. Been no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it was one of those is, is, is some of the people were like, oh, you know, you've got this actor in there, you know, he's got to be doing something big. And I was like, nah, no, nah, there's some other big actors that are just kind of in there. And, but I love the fact that, you know, you see him in the background all the time, and, and he's another one that's like, "Oh, I know that guy. I know that guy," yeah. <laughs> which is is in which is kind of a fun game. I, I you know what you want to talk about a drinking game from Oppenheimer. Every time you recognize another actor, you got to take a drink. <laughs> okay, um, but uh, you know he he comes in and he drops that bomb on him, and it's just like, "Fuck, that's yeah." It's it, it was kind of like it's almost the feel good moment of the movie. Well, it's, you know, it's, you, it's like uh, it's like what's the Tom Cruise movie with the with the courtroom 
military courtroom uh, drama for a few good a few men. Good, a few good men with uh, when Jack you Nicholson like you can't handle the truth. <laughs> that it felt like that sort of a moment. That sort of a you know it didn't quite have that mic drop moment, but right. but but the follow up scene when when you know what it was. Oh, and the, and Robert Downey Jr. is brilliant when he's sitting in the chair and his aide comes in, and and he's like. And, you know, he's already been told that most likely he has the votes to get confirmed. Mm -hmm. But then he's like, but then he's, but <laughs> he's like, and he just kind of, he's, he's more animated. And he says, he says, so, uh, you know, is everything, you know, everything good? And he says, well, there were a few holdouts. And Robert Downey Kennedy. just freezes. And that, the way he played that physically was, that was the mic drop moment for me. Where it's like, oh, that was no. brilliant. And then he kind of turns I mean, a little bit and he says, Yes, you know, it just kind of asks, and then you, it's not you even drop that the, the JFK is the yeah. The, the well, that's the mic that. drop. That's the that's well, the Joker know. drop. Yeah. Um, no, the one that got me for for uh, Robert Downey Jr. is he's you know this is after he told him he goes yeah maybe we just expose the truth and he's kind of like scowling at the the aide and stuff like that. And then he turns around to press and halfway through it, you see the smile come up. <laughs> and I was like, fucking politicians. Yeah. yeah. Motherfucking politicians. Like, right there, I was like, that's why I hate politicians. Yeah. And you know. That shit right there. And there's that scene, <laughs> you were talking about the flower arrangement in that. In oh, that right, scene, right. In that scene, there's a moment in there when he's talking to Oppenheimer when his expression changes. And you can almost tell the moment when he decides, I don't like this guy. And I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm after him. Yeah, you know th this is an interesting movie too because you know we're talking about everything, but you can't really yeah. spoil it because this is history, you know. So this is a movie to experience. So if if you haven't seen the movie and you're this far in the podcast, don't well, worry, it's still <laughs> it's still worth watching. And and you know, obviously we know what happened. <laughs> right, right. The bomb was created. It yeah. it, it worked. And yeah. uh, no, yeah, right. It, it, well, I don't know about you, so I. Uh, Going into this, I mean, I knew about the creation. I knew about the Manhattan Project. I did not really know the name Oppenheimer. Um, I'm not a, a, I'm not this great history student, so I don't, I don't know uh, all this crap. No, I knew Heisenberg more than Oppenheimer, but that's probably because right. Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't really know any of the names. I knew, I knew that we dropped the bombs, and you know, that's that's big yep. history. I, I knew a little bit more about the hydrogen bomb because I've studied my my great uncle. A little I did bit, not but, know the difference between fission and fusion, and I do now, which I think is oh, fascinating. I mean, I'm, I, I did know a little bit of that. I, but. I, I didn't, but but I think it's it's so it seems simple the the, the ideas behind it, but uh, but seeing how they played out in the movie is great. I knew Richard Feynman too. So, you and, know, where I Einstein, learned a little bit of, of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where I learned a little bit of the fusion fission thing was in astronomy, actually. Really? That was part of our astronomy class. Yeah. Cause a lot of the star building, it has to do with that. So, but no, I, I mean, just, it's a part of history, but it's like a, a deep dive into history that you don't know you needed. Do you think this movie might inspire some people who watch the movie who might have a, who might have some sort of tendency of, of of the sciences to to be more like oh this is this is this is hitting this is 
striking something deep inside of me. I'm going to go pursue this or maybe have the opposite effect. Like, holy uh, shit, I don't want to deal with the politics of. of oh, the, you know what? I, you know, I think we're going to we're going to have some on both sides. I think you're going to, you know, like your daughter where she she, you know, she has a passion for what she wants to do, but she also has a, a line that she doesn't want to cross. So this may this may affect people that way that like, oh, I want to I want to study science and I want to create and I want to do this, but I want to create in a non-military aspect or whatever. Um, and not to say that there's, there's been many of a, a inventions that were designed and, and, and discovered for military purposes that have then crossed over into civilian purposes that, you know, like, especially medical yeah. that have done uh, incredible things. So don't let that, you know, don't let the end product always determine what you are doing because you never know what you're going to discover. But I agree. This may like say, Oh fuck this. I have a passion for science. I fucking wanted, I want to be the inventor of something. I want to become the father of something. Now, you know, we're so far along in everything that's, it's hard to believe like what, what else is there left to discover? You know, <laughs> yeah. um, know. hopefully there's enough things that, you know, maybe, maybe cancer, you know, maybe there's someone that watches this and goes, you know, I'm passionate about this and I'm going to discover the cure for cancer and they fucking do it. We're going to hear, we're going to hear 20 years from now, someone, the, the, whoever discovered cancer, I was listening to this podcast <laughs> and they, they dropped that line and I was like, I got to pursue that, you know, and, and we can yeah. have a warm place in our heart to know that we, it we helped cure cancer. <laughs> That's what it was. it was. I was I was uh, drinking. We don't have no egos, power- but we cured cancer. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I, I was drinking this overly powered uh, uh, martini that uh, I was told to drink from this show, and uh, I came up with this idea for curing cancer. If that's the case, fuck yeah! I, I'm a, I don't even need the credit. Just but yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I. You know what? Actually, you know what? I would hope that this movie would inspire in people is is actually. Um, actors uh to to not always pursue you don't always have to be the lead person to <laughs> to make it a you know what i mean yeah like I, there, there was something about the the there's something about the supporting cast in this that i actually enjoyed so much more than i have in other movies where it was like it seemed everybody in here thought like they had the oppenheimer style character where they they played everything to the t like i didn't see anything that was like Oh, they're they're kind of just showing up for the paycheck. Like it's like everybody was like, fucking into it. Like at least that was to me. Yeah, and, you know. Well, and it that's- and one of the things Christopher Nolan he wrote the script. He was the, you know, he he knew his vision, and I think there's something to be said for someone who who brings that and and is more of an authoritative mind when it comes to decisions being made when you're on set. It sounds like he knew what he wanted. And if people had questions, you know, he would be, he had answers. He had answers. He's like, this is what I'm going for. And it wasn't like he was trying to, to, to run the show or tell him what to do. But I mean, he, there was a direction he gave to Killian Anderson. I'm going to find it here. Uh, He said, when when Killian Anderson, or I'm sorry, I say Anderson, Killian Murphy, excuse me. Um, <laughs> uh, I think what was it? it's it's Gillian Anderson from X Files. Yeah. That's what I was getting confused with. Apologies, um, but uh, when he was struggling with a scene, and he went to went to the director, and the director said simply, "He's not a boxer; he's a chess player." And and that yeah. was that was a line that that was something that that Killian Murphy said in an interview. That I thought, oh, that's 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 really interesting. That just 
that's that's a simple direction that gives you and it sounds like that's what what uh christopher nolan does he gives simple directions but he's also he's an authority on the script he knows his vision and so there's a lot of trust in that when these performers come and say i'm going to give a performance but i trust the person who's putting this together that this is this is what he wants and that's how you make a movie damn it <laughs> hey i mean he uh... You know, I, I've never been one to really like, oh, my God, tote these these directors like, oh, my God, they're the best ever. But mm-hmm. something that Nolan did in this is is fucking fabulous. Yeah. I mean, and, um, and, you know, we and just... well, Warner Brothers apparently did not agree because uh, then they drop him. And this is the first movie where he went with right. Universal or something. I think I think there was something I read about that, that, that <laughs> he's like, screw you. I'm going to take it somewhere else. And damn, and, I bet go- I bet Warner Brothers is like, shit, you know. The last movie, Tenet, probably didn't do so hot, and uh, they're they're kicking themselves for not hanging on for one more ride. I um I don't have it up here right now, but I know one of the things that people were talking about was the the um what's it called the how much they pay the budget the budget um was actually very very low for this about hundred million, which which sounds like a lot of money, but but damn, when you think about. well, you think about movies these days, especially so, the big budget ones. Or you compare it to something like Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. I mean, apparently, which which I totally misread. I thought that was going to be a huge hit, but it's kind of become kind of a domestic dud. And yeah. uh, I think it was Top Gun Maverick that fooled me into thinking that people were going to be walking to the theater to see him again in this one. But uh, But that's one where they sunk a lot of money into that and... I like like three hundred million or something like that for Mission Impossible Seven. Uh, well, I'm trying to I'm trying to pull it up. So I just finished watching um, the the Mission or Secret Invasion on Disney, the the MCU's latest. I'm sorry, and I heard I heard that was not uh, quite the. Fuck! It's it is <laughs> not good. Yeah. Anyways, it has a higher budget than Oppenheimer, and it oh, was really crap. Yeah, it's like 120 if I'm not mistaken. Um, it might even be higher than that, but yeah, it's like one of those is like, he made that for s- technically, uh, a penance compared to some of these others. I mean, it's like, I, I don't know if it was just one of those, like everybody he asked like, Hey, I want you to be in this. And like, all right, what do you, what do you, you know, what do you need from me? And they're, they're not even worried about how much you're getting paid. Right. That's know. possible. Which, <laughs> which is that fair? I don't know if that's fair, but I mean, obviously that they, they know that Christopher Nolan has a passion for his work and he's going to put out something good and they're going to, they're going to show up because they want to be a part of the experience, you know? So it, that's, there's something to be said for that. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to, I was trying to see, I wanted to find that. Uh, well, okay. Interesting. They're saying that the Barbie budget was the same. Their oh. same budget is estimated, <laughs> which I've heard, I've heard was different. I heard it was, it was actually a lot higher. Um, I know their, their marketing fucking has been, it's got to be through the roof because they've. Yeah, they've we're not going to crap, crap on Barbie. <laughs> I am. <laughs> well, maybe not. I'm not going to crap on I, it. I still want to see it. it. I Casey came over I this will weekend, watch it. and and I I thought if we weren't you know we still we have a new puppy so we can't leave the house yet but uh, I thought if, <laughs> if if we could I, I would have took you know for our Saturday movie I thought I oh. was considering we all go to see Barbie but well okay and I I know we we haven't really said anything for next week. Um, potentially, oh, I thought I wasn't sure. It sounded like we were doing Deadpool too, but but that seemed to okay. be early. So uh, that's what I thought too. Well, we can look at that. Wait, I, you want I to do was, Barbie? I don't want to, but I'm almost willing to. 
I because I'd, I'd love to. All right. Well, <laughs> then let's do that. Uh, I will. I will submit. Okay. Um, I, I'm gonna go do a fucking matinee because I'm not gonna pay full price. I'm gonna fucking sneak in as a senior. Even I'm not. I'm. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, no, we, we'll we'll do it. How do you uh, sneak I, in I, as a senior? I just pay senior over online. Look oh. at me. Look at me. <laughs> if I walked up and said I'm senior, are you gonna fight it? We, you don't look like you're 65. I'm like, I'm I'm hunched over. I'm limping. What the hell? Are you doing? <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Own it. I, <laughs> I've done it. I've done it once or twice. Um, no, but I we I I think my daughters may want to see it. So um, if they haven't already, and if not, I will. Uh, we'll figure out a time to go watch. Well, it. let's Maybe check I'll... with Bo and Nina because I I think we might have put out a something about Deadpool two next week. But if that's not the case, I'm totally, I think Barbie sounds great. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll look at that. So, uh, there could be a Deadpool two, a Barbie, or even, uh, we're going to get back into our, uh, spouse episodes. Oh we yeah. Did, uh, we got some good ones. Ago. Uh, so it may be one of those. Um, so stay tuned for us, uh, next week when we come back with whatever it is we're going to do. Hey, um, let, let me just say, I know we typically talk about what we've been watching and I know a couple weeks ago I mentioned that I was about halfway through Barry, the, uh, HBO series with, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Bill Hader who plays the assassin turned actor, but I, ended up, <laughs> I, I finished, I finished the, Did you? Uh, okay. the, the, it's four seasons and it's it's absolutely amazing. I, I think it's 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 incredible. It's almost like Breaking Bad as as far as how it how it yeah. feels in the end. So so worth we, it. Worth it. It's eight up ep, eight episodes every season. Four four seasons and the thirty minutes each. So it actually goes really fast. But yeah. it's it is crazy where it goes. Okay. So, anyway, I. Uh... I, I we tried watching it and um, my wife just can't handle the the violence. Yeah, it gets even it more is. violent, unfortunately. So yeah, so I don't that, think that's going to be. But but it gets darker. I mean, second season, I think I think I I mentioned on a couple weeks ago that the second season at first felt like it was getting a little too silly, and but, <laughs> but then it it almost seemed like course correct, and then it progressively got more and more intense, and each. The third season was so different, and then the fourth season was unbelievably different, and it just went darker and darker. and And I like that stuff, and it just felt, it felt real, and it was because you know here you've got an assassin that they're, they're trying to humanize and bring into this world of acting. It almost seems, I mean, it, there was still this kind of black comedy cloud that was, that was hung over the whole thing. That, you know, by the fourth season, you're laughing at things that you sh- probably shouldn't be laughing at, but. But man, and and Bill Hader directed every episode in the fourth season. So it, okay. if you're if you're a fan of his uh, of his, which I am, you know, I love his comedy and I love his um, I love when I see him interviewed. I love I love his uh, presence. He, you know, he's he's nice. delightful and interesting and 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 real. I don't know. He he brings out he exposes himself. Gotcha. Talks about some of the stuff he's gone through and. You know, he's, he said he used to go through panic attacks during SNL skit sketches. How fascinating really? is that? Yeah, yeah. He, I can see he, that. I can well, see it. But he's such a he, he's such a good performer in SNL. I mean, his sketches well some of the best stuff. But to that know just that, means he's a professional. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I'm I'm a I'm a fan, and I definitely recommend it if you if you want Breaking Bad. That's a little bit kind of more black comedy and a little bit more punchier, but it certainly goes there in the end. You know, it feels like 
it had a had a had a finale that 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 owned the and it, and it, and it evolved. So anyway, recommend that. Yeah. I actually uh, I've seen two movies this week. One at home. I, I watched the Transformers: Rise of the Beast. It's it's uh, streaming on um, Paramount um, Plus, and uh, it's one that I wanted to see in the theaters because I I grew up a Transformers fan. Oh yeah. Um, eh, these movies they need to stop making them. Well, this is the first one that wasn't made by uh, what's his name, the bad- Michael Bay. Michael Bay, right? Or am I wrong? I know he didn't. Uh, do, he didn't have anything to do with the Bumblebee one, but, but uh, it may be. And you know what? It's 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 got some some big name uh, voice actors, but that's about all. Okay. Like the rest, it's it it. They're just they're throwing out shit and, and yeah. trying to make it stick. Well, um, that's that's where marketing comes to play because if you've got if you've got a movie that already has mar- marketing built in. Like, I mean, Transformers itself, you know, the very first one already had marketing built in because of the toy and the cartoon. Yeah. But now you've got a whole bunch of movies. So you're going to get enough viewers that can almost cover the cost of this. Of, this almost seems like stuff that should go straight to video, though. Yeah. It's like one of those things is like, it, it, no, you know, I'm what if with you, you like? I, I don't I, I didn't want, I was not interested in going and seeing this stuff, you know? Yeah. I, well, I didn't go to the theater. I, I, and the only reason I watched it is because I was scrolling through. I'm like, oh, shit, it's streaming. I'll watch that. But I did go to the theaters for an e- early release of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, oh, right, um, right, Mutant right. Mayhem. And uh, um, this is an interesting one for me because I'm an old school turtle head, right? I, 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 I got into these in the comics before the first cartoon was ever released. I'm, I've got all the comics. Not, I mean, I've got like hardbound books of these. Oh, and yeah. Stuff like We've that. covered a lot of your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, so I'm a deep, I'm an old school turtle fan. And so um, when they do some of the new stuff, it's sometimes it's hard. To, it's so I, I enjoyed the movie. I'm not going to say it. I loved the animation style that looked like it was coming, you know. See, and I. Okay, this is where some of it is good and some of it is bad. This reminds me a little bit of um, what we saw in uh, Spider Verse, right? The 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 latest um, uh, Miles yeah. Morales Spider Verse. It has a little bit of a feel like that, but it also has a little bit almost like they're animating claymation. Okay, it has a little bit of a feel like that. Some of it works, some of it doesn't for me. You know what and, though? I'm going to take that as a positive review review because I know going <laughs> in this into this, you're a huge. Uh, hater of Seth Rogen and oh and, for sure and so and so the fact that you're you're on the fence is actually probably a pretty positive review coming from you so so <laughs> I know and in that there there's parts of the story I really like and parts that I really don't like um I hated the the way they did Splinter there's some stuff that they did with him I was like that is the worst fucking thing I've ever Splinter's seen Splinter's the rat that, that yeah okay, the, okay. the father um, and then there's some of the stuff they did with the villains that I just didn't care for. I thought it was cheesy. I did like the turtles themselves. I kind of like the personalities. I, you know, it, it's one of those things is it's not the worst turtle stuff out there. It's definitely not the best. It'll never, it, it'll never top the 1990s, uh, uh, live action movie, um, in my book. So, I mean, it, but it, if you're a turtle fan, it's worth watching. And I, I mean, the latest Revision that came out was the Rise of the Turtles, which got a lot of hate from you know some fans, and there's back and forth. I don't know if this one will get that same kind of hate. I think it's kind of a middle ground where 
some fans are not going to like it. Some fans are going to love it. And it, but it's also designed to get a new generation to 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 like them. So I'm okay with that. Uh, it's just parts of it aren't my turtles. Like I, I seriously <laughs> can't stand Splinter. I love the voice. It's Jackie Chan. I really oh. love what he did with the voice. I hated what they did with the visuals. Oh, I hated so it's the what animation. They did with the, okay. It's what they make them look like and just kind of – and there's some shit they do with a love story that I was like, fucking horrible. Like, that is just bad. Did, and, you, th- and- did you get a feeling that they were trying to – I'm going to use this word because it's in our current culture. Right. But but go. it went a little woke. Be- I, I know there are a lot of people that are complaining about the, 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 the woman that kind of – April. Yeah, that, that she's not as attractive, that she's black, that she's – you know, there's a lot of you differences know, she to the she didn't bother me as much as I thought she was. I don't like her visual look. I she, well, that, we have that, her, that, and that's why I say it because you mentioned the visual look of Splinter. So I don't, I don't care for her as a visual just because I, 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 I see April. Like for me, April is from the the, the original comics and the okay. original cartoon and and back. So it's hard to kind of get away from that. Uh, her story wasn't as bad. I didn't care. I just. I didn't like. I, there's some other stuff that I'm not going to spoil because it's it's what it is. I didn't care for some reaction with the turtles with her, but that's just a me personally thing. People might like it. Um, she wasn't as bad as I was expecting. And my wife went and watched this with me, and she she actually thought she was really good. So I don't have a problem with that. I did not like what they did with Splinter though, but that that's probably my biggest gripe with it. Um, and and it's I think it's because there's so many things that they've done in the past that were so cool with Splinter. In the last two iterations that they've done have been so opposite of that. It's kind of like real cringy. Do you think it's going to become, you know, I, I say this. It's going to be this know, on the turtle soup podcast. Are they going to, is it going to yeah. be a controversial how they portray? I don't know. It? I'm, actually, it's, it's, I'm actually, I'm actually going to try and get or, the, okay. I'm going to try and get those guys to come on with us and, and cover this just because uh, the way they do stuff, they're doing it chronologically. They're still in the nineties. So um, <laughs> well, they, 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 don't, I, you don't think they're going to hop ahead to this? Cause it's like, current they haven't thing. hopped ahead. They haven't hopped ahead to do any of the others. Interesting. I don't so, know um, well, they might podcast, but they they might do turtle. it because it's not in it. They'll do it again when they get to it. But I think that's why I think I can get them to do the turtles. And that's actually why I want them to do it is because then I have a, 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 a not that I don't trust your opinion. Um, I want well, to get oh, their opinion no, I, on the turtle side. Well, sure. You would have it as a fresh viewer. They would have it as a, a turtle fan. And well, so right. That's, that's why I'm asking you questions about how, if this is controversial, what you're saying or not. I, you know, it, if, or, no, you know, what's going to happen is this is, this is going to bring in a new generation. I think it's going to, you know, it's designed to go for the younger kids and stuff like that. And, and that's, you know what more turtle fans are better um but i have a feeling a lot of the old heads are gonna uh not like it but you know they also are there's some gatekeepers out there i got i got in an ar- online argument uh with uh on facebook wait you're talking uh, gatekeepers and old heads these this is like lingo i'm not kind of so a gatekeeper <laughs> right a gatekeeper is, is just this someone like turtle that, lingo is it no no this oh, is okay. well th- no uh, a gatekeeper is someone that has a fandom that they're trying to uh you know Say if you don't like it the way I like it, you're wrong. Okay. Right. They're they're trying. And key and then, master and, is okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and an old head is just someone that you know, like this is something uh, comes That's up. That's you going into to to go see Barbie. Uh no, old, that's not no 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 discount. Yes, no. An old head <laughs> is is is. Uh, something that's been around for a long time, and and you know you got someone that's that's been around for the so so 
So a fandom that's been around for 30, 40 years, you, oh, and you got okay. people that were in it. Okay, in the like beginning. when Lord they of the Rings be, came out, someone who was a big, you know, who's a big investor in, of the, in it back the books. when the books were released or something like that. Right, sure. you would call him an old head. Or okay. uh, say say X-Men right now, right? In, or like in, I'm an old, old head when it comes to Star Wars or, or yes. Raiders of Lost Ark because I was there yes. when... I was, I right. was, it, 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 yeah, I was a part yeah. of the the whole 1977 experience yeah. or 1981 experience. So you're gotcha. gonna have those people that are gonna have a different opinion of this, yeah. So um, I get that. You know, it, it it's. I look like at Tristan it, and I go, I don't care about your Star Wars opinion. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's coming in with the, that Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> yeah, he's coming in with that Jar Jar Binks, and you're like, no, 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 no. I'm gatekeeping on this shit. Get your shit out of here, <laughs> right? Uh, but no, I did. I got an online online argument on Facebook about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I called. I'm like, dude, you can't be gatekeeping like that it was about a different series than this one and i was like you know you, you can't be doing that like everybody's gonna like what they want i'm like you can like dislike all you want but don't tell someone else what they can and can't like in turtles so yeah and, and it's funny and, he, and he's like okay whatever captain save a hoe and i'm like whatever dude keyboard warrior fucking bring it on <laughs> she was like i'm like whatever bitch so anyways which is funny because that's totally opposite of how i would usually be but i was like what the hell but i i've as an old head, I'm growing. Um, I think people will. I think people will enjoy this. I think this this is will become one of the upper level of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. Uh, you know, there's like six or seven of them. There's a couple animated. Um, I think it'll it'll be in the top three for most people. Um, uh, for me, it's probably in that two to three spot. It, okay. It, 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 nostalgia will never overtake the the 1990 movie. And that's just because that's that's part of my blood, you know. It's it's that's my Indiana Jones, right? That's what you know, we that's... podcast on, right? Like yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's fuck. I wore a tape out on that one. You know, you talk about people that have had like a you know Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and they wore a hole in the in the in the tape. I wore a hole in the whole tape on that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle <laughs> movie. So um, yeah, no, it, but that's what I I saw uh, TV wise. We just really haven't had a chance to watch much. We've been busy. We went camping again this weekend, so nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm loving that. You know, gonna get out and do that again. Uh, two weeks from now, we're gonna go again. So, so it's all good. Uh, but yeah, that's that was it. So yeah, maybe maybe join us again next week for Barbie or for uh, Deadpool two, um, or uh, or maybe either way, uh, we'll have a good conversation because uh, both those definitely will warrant, and it. we'll probably have some good cocktails. That's I guarantee absolutely. mine will not be four ounces of gin with nothing else in it. <laughs> my I before keep, I keep gin. slipping a little plum brandy in my cup. So <laughs> yeah. I'm I saw you. Those. I yeah. saw you mix. I saw yeah. you pouring some. <laughs> I only had the two drinks this time, but uh, no. Yep. So uh, join us again next weekend. With that, that's how we seize it. Hail Caesars! What does that mean? Hail Caesars.